Blog Talk Radio. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. I will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you are listening during the broadcast and want to join us in the chat room, you can always sign up for your free blogtalkradio.com account and then go to the episode page at blogtalkradio.com slash liberal and then you can join us at the bottom of the page in the chat room, and you can leave comments, questions, concerns there, especially if you don't want to call in. Some people might be a little phone shy, so you have that opportunity as well to do it from the chat. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Or just go to liberaldan.com to find out all the places where you can find me online and support the show. Uh, one of the, the cheapest ways to help the show is to subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube. And also, uh, there's my TikTok that you could also join. And uh, if you really want to support the show, you can either buy me a cider, click the buy me a cider link uh, on liberaldan.com. And you could also become a Liberal Day and Radio Patreon, much like Demonox, who is uh, in the chat, joining us for the show. Uh, first, as always, this week's headlines. Texas is now 100% COVID restriction-free. The city of Austin has not overturned its local mask ordinance, and Texas AG Ken Paxton has threatened to sue on behalf of the Gretstead of Texas in order to get them in line with the state's desire to kill as many people with COVID before the vaccine can be fully rolled out. The Austin mayor welcomes the lawsuit and said he will see them in court. Uh, The city of New Orleans is currently leading the country with the percentage of its citizens vaccinated. Our mayor kept city more locked down than the rest of the state because our mayor is smart and our governor is not on a short trip and understands that local might be able to know the specific requirements that those local governments might need. So therefore, they take the lives of humans to account when making policy decisions. The Senate confirmed Mark Garland to be Attorney General of the United States, and he will now lead the Justice Department. Oddly enough, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell voted for this time after blocking his appointment to the Supreme Court 
when he was nominated at seats by then-President Barack Obama. Finally, the House passed the Senate version of the COVID-19 relief bill. President Biden is to sign the legislation by Friday, uh, extending unemployment benefits. Uh, and there's a little bit to talk about that. Um, I guess Monox has something to say about I didn't see this particular, but I'll bring it up later. Um, and it's also giving families the help that they need during this pandemic. It's the first major legislative win for the Biden administration. And already people are lining up to try and benefit from it. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Republican Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi. Senator Wicker tweeted how wonderful it is that independent restaurant owners will get $28.6 billion worth of targeted relief from the COVID-19 stimulus bill that he voted against. If you vote against the legislation, you should get no political credit or reward for the good it does. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune into Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there you go. So you have lots of people lining up, uh, trying to claim, you know, all the wonderful things that this bill will do, except for the fact that, you know, they didn't vote for it. And again, as I said in Hypocrite of the Week, if you did not support the legislation as a whole, you should not get the benefit uh, and get political credit or clout or what have you. Uh, when you're trying to uh, talk about this legislation. People should be calling out all of those hypocrites because uh, it's not just him that's doing it. Now, a little bit about the, the COVID relief bill. Uh, Demonox has spoken about this like on Facebook and in our chats or whatever, and I haven't really looked that part up or haven't been able to find as much about it uh, as was stated. So from my understanding, a fl- potential flaw with the COVID relief bill and when it comes to unemployment extent is that it extends the length of time that the federal government can or give the increased amount of unemployment benefits. But according to Demonox, it does not extend a benefit year. So if your benefit year ended, ends like in April, you know, let's say, uh, it doesn't matter that the federal government may have extended it through the, into the summer or whatever, because your benefit year still ends, so you no longer can connect, collect the, uh, the regular unemployment benefits, and as such, you can no longer collect the extended pandemic unemployment benefits. And Demonox in the chat can correct me if I am wrong about that. Let's see. During the Depression, there was federal production unemployment. Now there's nothing to build. There's nothing for anyone who has to apply for their second year, millions of us which is a problem. Okay, and there you go. So I absolutely know. Look, there needs to be, this bill could have and should have been much better. Um, unless it's some language that nobody's talking about, about hiding in the bill, uh, you, ha- you have to apply for a second year. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, and my situation was weird because I initially applied for unemployment back in March. Uh, because the reduction of pay that I got, but the reduction of pay that I had wasn't enough, so I shouldn't have applied for unemployment back in March because technically my benefit year ends in March, even though I really only started collecting it in December. Uh, so, and that was only a short term anyway. Once I started getting a new client for my uh, for my uh, independent contracting work that I'm doing as a software developer, so the, 
I, I may have filled it out wrong and messed it up wrong, but uh, let's see. So 50% of your 50% is what you get. I'll find out next week. So there you go. Well, Demonox can report back to us uh, when it comes to that. So see, I do have to do a bit. We do have a caller on the line, but the caller has not hit the one yet. Uh, so let me know that the caller wants to speak. So uh, a caller, if you do want to join in and, and have a comment about this or any other topics that we might talk about, please feel free to hit the one um, and say, hey, I want to talk. Uh, otherwise, you can uh, listen um, while we're at it. So good news. I do have an audio from uh, Amber, Amber Rose Petrovich uh, from the Just Money Minute. So that is going to happen this week. Fortunately, uh, I do have to do some quick editing on it, I think, um, before, maybe during one of the commercial breaks. Um, so let's see. Let's go ahead and take the first commercial break. Um, let's see. If I flee the country to survive, we didn't get help. <laughs> the, uh, the world according to Knox will be coming from an undisclosed location outside the American border, if that happens, I suppose. Anyway, let's go ahead and where is – I have so, many, so much audio here when it comes to just all this stuff. I need to delete some of this. I need to do some house cleaning big time. There we go. There's there's the commercial break I'm looking for. Oh, and we do have somebody. The person does want to speak with us, so we will get to your call when we come back from the first commercial break. Uh, again, it's nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one. That is nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things. Political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the team. 
you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan dot com. And we're back with more of the Liberal Dan Radio. Talking left, that's right. <laughs> I was in minicast mode for a second. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Join the conversation again. It's 914-803-4131. Now, um, during this break, you, I, I, I keep forgetting to switch the audio up so that the World According to Knox ad is the last one because that makes the most sense. Uh, however, uh, I have not done it yet because I keep forgetting until I hear the ad. So someone has to play me the ad in the middle of the week, or maybe uh, Demonox just message me and be like, hey, dumbass, change the order. Anyway, um, so if you want to advertise on the Liberal Dan Radio or on the, on the minicast or on LiberalDan.com, you could always uh, join and become a Liberal Dan Radio Patreon at certain levels. You can get even get advertisement in the show as well, besides just the regular shouts out that you get. Also, shouts out to uh, Cesar. Shouts out to my little brother, the host of the Most Nimbus Yosh with the Percy Podcast. Uh, he's home from the hospital. He caught the Rona, um, uh, but he apparently we were trying to kill him earlier today because we were just making him laugh, and laughing with his lung issues currently is not a pleasant thing. He had to turn on his oxygen machine. So we will try to not kill the host of the Most Nimbus Yosh with the Percy Podcast. Um, and wish him a, a speedier recovery than what he's having to deal with. Um, anyway, 
Um, before we get to the caller, I do want to, after the first commercial break, we typically play the other bit, which is... Nope, that's the wrong That's the wrong one. That's the wrong words of Redneck Wisdom. There we go. And now, words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. I just wanted to ask something uh, for all are members of the United States. We are a republic, and what's to prevent each state from securing their border from the illegal immigrants coming in? I know that the federal government is responsible for the federal border, but are not the states required to uh, observe and keep their boundaries on the state border? And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom. Brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. And those words of redneck wisdom and reality, it's an opportunity for me to teach here on the Liberal Dan Radio. Because, why is that? Because he is, his question about whether or not the states have the responsibility or the authority or whatever to, to guard their borders? The answer is a big fat no. Uh, these conservatives love to, talk, love to talk about the Constitution. They love to talk about all the things that are written in the Constitution, but for some reason, and they even love to talk about the Tenth Amendment, even though they falsely call it states' rights. States don't have rights. People have rights. States have powers. And the only powers that states have are the ones that are uh, either not given to the federal government or restricted from the federal government and or restricted, not restricted from them either. The authority to manage our border policy is specifically given to Congress in the Constitution. As such, states do not have any authority to guard any borders that they may have if if they are on the border of the United States and another country. That is a specific power that is reserved only for the federal government the state governments and local governments for that matter have no authority to do so which is why it is the position of liberal day and radio talk from the left that's right that there is no such thing as a sanctuary city sanctuary cities are a big old myth because the cities have no requirements uh, furthermore no authority to do anything when it comes to the enforcement of federal border policy so whether or not it's uh, naturalization uh, or immigration, or what have you. Uh, it's not the business of local police or state police to be able to handle that. It is only a federal issue. So therefore, you can never call a city a sanctuary city because there is no such thing. The idea is as, as a myth proposed or per- perpetrated by Republicans who don't understand the, con- the Constitution, i.e. the document that they claim to love so much. What's also funny about Uh, conservatives when it comes to the Constitution is that you talk about any other law that's written and a a liberal might say, you know, what was the intent of the people who were making the legislation? And and the Republicans, the conservatives would say, oh, legislative intent is irrelevant. We can't talk. We We should be contextualists. We should look specifically at what the word of the law says. And if you don't like what the word of the law says, you should change the law except for the Constitution, because for the Constitution, they will constantly talk about the Federalist Papers. What are the Federalist Papers? A bunch of articles written by the Founding Fathers to describe their intent of what they meant. Well, maybe if 
you know, they wanted it to be in the law, in, in the Constitution, then maybe they should have put it fully in there under conservative arguments. But no, conservative arguments are only apparently applicable for them when they're making them against other people and not for the rest of us. Anyway, let's go ahead. We do have a caller on the line. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Yeah, this is Naj in Atlanta, man. What's going on? What's up, man? Had a long time no talk to you. Pleasure, pleasure having yeah, you back on the show. How have you been? Same, same, good. Yeah, I've been well, man. Good, good, good to hear you still on, putting that work in. But yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make a brief comment, man. Like, at a certain point, <clears throat> we have to stop entertaining this stuff. Like, when somebody wants to talk about Dr. Seuss and all of these other, you know, trivial things that they like to talk about, and then talk about complex legislation and, and, and complex uh, electoral things as if they're, you know, playthings. Uh, when they want to use the, the rhetoric of, you know, hordes coming over the border to infect everyone, meanwhile they're by policy getting rid of masks and opening right. up dining halls and things. Like we we got to stop taking these people serious, man. We got to stop entertaining these arguments. We have to call them what they actually are, kind men and women, who are leading a very gullible portion of our society uh, on the road to hell. And and if we keep entertaining these things and acting as if they deserve a voice at the table on certain topics, I don't know what to say about us in the next twenty years, because this well, man, like. Well, the thing is, it's like I've referred to, especially when it comes to COVID-19, I've referred to the people as lemmings specifically because you have these conservative politicians that are literally leading us off the cliff uh, when it comes to that sort of thing. Last week, my hypocrite of the week was somebody was, was were generic people like uh, these certain people were hypocrites of the week. Um, and only reason it wasn't um, Greg Abbott, uh, governor of Texas, uh, is because when I was he came out with his tweet about um, the people crossing the border, bringing in COVID-19 as I was making last week's Hypocrite of the Week. I mean, it, it's absolutely ridiculous that you have people like Governor Abbott uh, trying to make it completely unsafe in his state while then complaining about COVID-19. And just, just like with my Hypocrite of the Week this week, you have these people going up against legislation but then they're saying, hey, look at all the great things that this legislation does. It's a bunch of, as uh, our current president would say, malarkey. Uh, as to why we have to, I somewhat disagree. I mean, sometimes, you know, talking about the, the stupid cancel culture and the cat in the hat stuff. I mean, and, or it's not even the cat in the hat that's canceled, but Dr. Seuss, you know, these conservatives, you know, would hate, you know, the message of like the Lorax. You know, they can't even be bothered to understand the meaning of the Lorax, but yet they're going to, de- to defend Dr. Seuss now when they would fight him before. It's like, it's, I think exposing their hypocrisy, I think, is something that's important because while I would love for them to be as inconsequential, you know, as, as the arguments that they make, unfortunately, the problem is, is that they're not. You have dangerous things happening uh, across this country when it comes to the electoral process, when it comes, you know, you have, you know, the, the Iowa election law, and this kind of segues into that. You, you have the attempts in Georgia, first of all, you know, we've talked about what recently happened in Georgia where they, where they were trying to rush through a constitutional amendment 
uh, in order to make it so that any challenges to elections uh, would have to come at the, by the state attorney general and therefore could not be brought by a, a county level district attorney, um, specifically in a more perhaps liberal leaning county. So it would have to come from a statewide pool of, of um, grand jurors who could then handpick to protect the people they want to protect. If they're trying to protect them, <clears throat> Donald Trump. <clears throat> um, but, you know, then you have other things like what's going on in Iowa, which is, you know, you, you have these laws that, that just passed. And this is in the law that's just passed. Uh, they cut early voting from 29 days to 20. Nobody has been able to, after they reduced early voting from 40 to 29, um, nobody has explained to me why reducing the number of early voting days does anything to protect election security. It doesn't. Um, auditors cannot mail absentee ballots uh, unless the voter asked for it. So all those uh, unsolicited absentee ballot requests that Donald Trump was talking about, um, those are now done in Iowa. Uh, voters may request an absentee ballot, um, and currently they can do it 120 days before an election. Now it has to be 70 days before an election. I don't know what that does to maintain election security. Um, auditors cannot mail the absentee ballot until 20 days before an election, which means they're less likely to get it, especially if you still have you-know-who, DeJoy, in charge of the post office. Uh, who could specifically target specific air mail in specific areas to make sure that they don't get it in time. Um, so you have basically 20 days uh, to, to have the letter get to the person, be filled out, and then mailed back. Uh, mail ballots would have to be reviewed by county election officials by the time polls close on election day. Uh, now they are counted if they are postmarked in time but arrive late, which is some, what some people do. Uh, allows but does not require counties to have a drop-off ballot. Um, poll hours are cut at till 8 o'clock. Um, polls stay open till 9 for general elections, but it, again, closes it back to 8. I don't know why reducing and taking away an hour to vote, how that does anything about election security. Basically, all yeah, these things see, but, are but Dan, Dan, this, is, this yeah. is what I'm trying to explain to you. Trying to figure out the why is a waste of time. We know what the why is. They want to suppress the vote. They want to create a situation to where their, uh, you know, demographic that is declining uh, can still be, you know, formidable in elections. So they're going to do that by hook or by crook. This is the same old Jim Crow stuff. We know this. So right. to even entertain these things point by point by point, all we end up doing is exhausting ourselves, talking to people who will gladly tell you that uh, Pizzagate is real and that <laughs> they thought that – 45 would take the presidency again last week and that Biden would be arrested. Like these are the things that they believe. And when we take the time to play with these folks, we're missing the point in their own echo chamber. And they're not coming out, brother. We got to talk to regular folks and folks who are already, uh, you know, believing certain things to be true, uh, to be able to deal with this in in reality. It's like, let's say a simple task. Let's say me and you uh, were moving from somewhere and we're trying to get the couch out of the place i take one end of the couch you take the other and the third guy that's with us says, okay you grab that other side of the couch and he says no i don't believe in moving i don't think physical labor uh is something that i should i should have to do my rights say that i don't now if we sit there and argue with that guy as opposed to calling somebody else to come (laughs) to come out and help us move that couch how long are we going to be in that house without moving you see what i'm saying like (laughs) we just got to 
there, look, I guess the, to use your analogy, though, if, if, the problem is if you have enough if you have enough people who are who are not wanting to move the couch and couch, and some of them who are sitting on the couch, you never get the couch moved. So how what do you do at that point? I mean, like like if like to me, like if, if there there's there's a there's a bunch of people especially like when it comes to off year elections, like you had massive turnout clearly for this election. I mean, massive turnout. Unfortunately, you, you had massive turnout for Trump. You just had even more massive turnout for Biden. But even then uh, I, I saw, I think 1.6 million less people voted for Republicans uh, in the house than voted for Trump. But like three point something million less voters voted for Democrats in House races than voted for Biden. I don't know why you go vote and just vote for the top of the ticket and leave everything else blank. But there's there's a bunch of people out there who who may not believe the Q crap, these cucumbers, as somebody called them. Uh, they may not believe yeah. the cucumbers, but they but they need to be motivated to see just how dangerous and crazy the, these Q folks are so that we can get them in, in, and move. So, so, so like when I talk, like a lot of times like people will say, like when I post stuff on Facebook and I, and I, and I post things that like perhaps like on somebody else's page or something where, where somebody makes some dumb QAnon arguments, you know, and, and I, I don't make the arguments. Um, like the whole super straight thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'll get to that after the break. Um, I don't do it to talk to to actually try and make the people who believe these things. I don't think I'm going to change any of their minds. I have changed a mind or two in my day um, when when I when I realize that the person is savable, is somebody who can listen and who just has bad information, but will change their mind if given good information. But oftentimes it's, it's when, when I do that, when I talk about those things, the, the ridiculous things that are being done, it's not because I expect to change the Republican conservatives mind who are, you know, knee deep in the, in their own bull crap. It's because of the people who might be along watching, who might, who might still be on the fence, who might be like, you know, you know, I, I believe some liberal things and some conservative things. I can still be swayed either way. And it's like, look how dumb these people are. This is what these people are doing. That's why, you know, the, I guess the best way to get rid of cockroaches uh, or, or is, to, is to shine a big light on them and get them to scatter. But you, you can't just no, leave no, the light. Dan, I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I, I'm making a different argument. Like, I, I completely get where you're coming from. I think there's some value to that. I, I think you okay. can actually change the ones who are actually open to dialogue and things like that. I think we're in different territory right now. I think we're looking at big data in a way that nobody ever expected, where echo chambers can not only be all-encompassing, but they can essentially put somebody up for like a five- to ten-year sentence. Like, it takes a long time to really work through and get some of this uh, spaghetti off of their brain, so to say. Like, it takes a long time. And, and that time is, is way past any election cycle. So to spend that time there, rather than saying, hey, this is America, we have a problem with voter turnout as far as eligible voters not showing up because they don't believe in the parties, essentially, just like you talked about that down ballot problem. 
uh, we got to talk about what they actually are voting for. It, it's more about a thing of if that's the party of culture war hysteria, the other party has to be the party of actual policy that improves people's lives, similar to what we saw, you know, today. So that that's, uh, that, I, I, that would be my side of the argument. I get where you're coming from, though, Wolf. No, I agree with that, though. And, and I was actually having an argument with somebody else today kind of about that thing, about how, look, this is an example, regardless of, of the flaws in the, in the law or the bill, I guess I'd say, because it's not a law until it's signed. But regardless of the flaws, you know, it, it's, it's an improvement as to what we had before today. Um, right. it, it can be further improved, and I hope they do further improve it. I hope they add more stuff to it. Um, but the, the problem is, is, is just that, you know, we can talk about, like, this is, somebody was else was talking about this other issue is, like, the Republicans, you know, get, quote, results. Now, good results or bad results, whether those results are good for people or bad for people, that, that's a whole other thing. But Republicans <laughs> will vote in lockstep and get, and get results and get things done, uh, whereas the Democrats is like herding cats. So yeah, when you... Well, well it, it, it's hard to get something that's actually tangible because that takes a long time, has to get a lot of people on board. Uh, when you're talking right. about things you actually have to, like things you can actually drop on your foot, real policy. Anybody can win an election and, and, and raise up culture war stuff because there's nothing actually tangible there. All you're right. saying is, see, I stopped the roving hordes from South America from coming and, and, and attacking your family. You, can, you know, you just make ridiculous claims about things that you supposedly solve. But like when you look at 45's tenure or his administration, what you ultimately see is a bunch of culture war victories and a tax cut. Like the, the huge demographic of, you know, impoverished and below middle class uh, supporters of his, they didn't actually get any policy, anything that you could call conservative or constructive. All they got was rallies and who he doesn't like, they got to cheer because they don't like those same people, and that's it. So that's, that's the other part. The easy to satisfy people of all they want is, you know, non, non-important, uh, I guess you could say, hatred and xenophobia, uh, you know, call-outs. I mean, if that's all you want, yeah, anybody can provide that. Right. I mean, well, I mean that's the thing. Like, the Republicans do go after the low-hanging fruit, and the, and the, or, I mean, the Republicans go after the low-hanging fruit. The Democrats go after the meaningful legislation. Of course, when you try and pass the meaningful legislation, again, you have to deal with the Joe Mansions of the world and the Kristen Cinemas of the world <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the people who are going to – like, it's just there would be – well, why could they pass – well, because you have Joe Mansions. And that, 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 that's, that's, that people say, well, that's just an excuse. But it is an excuse, and it's a good excuse because Joe Manchin is, is pretty much a Republican, even though, even though the Republican governor of West Virginia, I think, is more liberal than Joe Manchin <laughs> because the Republican governor of West Virginia was on MSNBC saying, who cares if we spend too much money? Who cares if we happen to spend more money than we need to spend? Because that's better than spending less money than what we need to spend, because at least we know everyone's covered. And I'm like, why are you a Republican? Why are you not in the Senate <laughs> Why, as a Democrat? Why can't you talk to your senator and say, listen, fool, support this or stop being ridiculous? But, yeah. you know, because <laughs> one of the things like last week, like I wish the Democrats as a whole had more of a spine to fight like the Republicans would fight. Like, you know that if it was a 50-50 Senate and Trump had won the election, you know that there would be no power-sharing agreements. You know that there would be no, you know, 
oh, we have to be nice with the other side because it's 50-50 in that tradition, they'd say, screw you, Democrats, and screw the filibuster, too. We're completely nuking it. And there'd be nothing nothing more they would do. Right, but this is the difficulty of such a a mixed, uh, you know, gathering of folks as far as uh, the the DNC. Because what it comes down to is the donors of the DNC have totally different ideas about what America is and what America should be than the majority of Democratic voters. And then that makes right. it really difficult in, in situations like that, where on the RNC side, hey, the donors and those folks are in lockstep because they tell those folks what's important. And as long as they get in their cultural, uh, culture war stuff, then, you know, they're not going to raise their head. But on the DNC side, we can say whatever we want to say, but if we were talking about like a Bernie or uh, any progressive uh, that was pushing back against the DNC, it wouldn't be the soft landing that Joe Manchin is getting. Like, it's not that they don't have spines. It's who they choose to fight. The progressive left, oh, they will fight you to the death. Center right, uh, blue dog, hey, you know, a little easier. Well, <laughs> I think well, I mean, that, that's because oftentimes the, the, if, where the progressive people are coming from, they're coming from more safe districts, so to speak, whereas mm-hmm. the blue dogs are coming from the areas where, if they if they go too far to the left, uh, under I guess current political theory at least, uh, there are people who might disagree with the theory. But the current political theory is this: if if you ran somebody more to the left than what that person was, then or don't kiss their butts enough to give them enough wiggle room to be able to get reelected in that time, then it's going to be a Republican. Now other people disagree. Other people say you you need to run on progressivism and you'll get more people coming out if you do, but. I don't know. Um, I don't know whether or not that's true or not, simply because of the fact that in 2020, in those the House gains that the Republicans were ma- made, I think almost all of them were defeating centrists. And the reason they were defeated, the reason they were able to defeat the centrists, is because the conservatives who challenged them didn't run against the centrists. They ran against the progressives of the party. So they said, "Look, this is if you allow these people to win." then the progressives are going to have their say, the AOCs. And, you know, I might like AOC. You may like AOC. I, I think she has a great future ahead of her, lots of great things to say, and I'm glad she took out someone in the, in the Democratic establishment uh, when she did so. I think, you know, my, my ideal of moving the entirety of the House or Congress leftwards is you replace moderate Republicans with centrist Democrats, you replace centrist Democrats with more people to the, who are liberal Democrats, you replace entrenched Democrats in safe seats with more progressive folks, and you get, you just move the entirety to the left to try and get those things that we want. But the other side of the coin is, is I've come up with this label recently, and I'm trying to figure out how to work it in, is I, I consider myself a, a pragmatic progressive. Like, I don't know, some people might say, well, it can't be pragmatic and a progressive, but that's what I consider myself. I support Medicare for all. Um, I support a live, either a limit, living minimum wage or universal basic income. I prefer, in theory, I prefer universal basic income. I, I, I don't know how plausible it is uh, if, to get it to the point where it's an actual living wage. Um, but, you know, I have to do the math on that still. I'm sure other people have, have the math available to them that I can look at and read. But this, in theory... I prefer that better that, you know, that over a marriage, but we need something better 
750 an hour. Um, Yeah, yeah. I've done lots of different progressive policies that I support, uh, but I'm willing to be pragmatic about it. It'd be like, well, if Biden's plan gets us closer, then that's better than sticking with Trump. You know what I mean? I'm willing to be pragmatic about it. Indeed, but but just let me add one thing, because sometimes we can be so pragmatic uh, that we end up with a pure victory. Like, let's go back to the last administration before 45. When we had right. Rahm Emanuel tooling around in his Honda uh, to any blue dog Democrat who was in trouble, while if a progressive one, they would completely walk away and pull funding. Like just, just leave it, leave it to be. So I, I think the thing we have to actually address is the map. Like you go back to that book, Rat F. I can't think of the brother that wrote it. Uh, he used to be on NPR, really good guy. But he wrote that book, Rat F. And it was about the Koch brothers and the early 2000s and the changing of the maps of America to where you create these districts to where even if you win, you lose, basically, on the Republican side. Because even if the Dems win there, they're getting a guy so far to the right and representing the demographic that is not actually, you know, it's not actually what the population of America is at this day and age. Right. And you're able to, you know, get victories in that fashion. So even if you get the mansions and all these guys on board, what ends up happening? You can't actually do the policy that will justify people showing up for you at the next midterms, and then we get shellacked, and then the Republicans do their obstruction, and we're back to 2010 all over again. So that's the part to where it's like, yes and although, no. Although, if, I mean, I, I, there, if there's some benefits. If you watch the GOP coup series, on YouTube, um, I think there's four episodes of it. I may need to do this on the whole thing. Um, that's all, I don't know. I don't know if that's how it happened though, because in 2010 you had a red map that place with the map. You had you had the the Republicans winning the legislatures and then drawing the list districts so that you know you had lots of safe Republican ones and then you're shoving. The, Dem- the, the Democrats into very highly packed Democratic districts. So, like, for example, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, up until the lo- most recent, you know, Supreme Court in Pennsylvania ruling that overturned how the map was drawn, I mean, you had 18 overall House seats in Pennsylvania, and only five went to Democrats because they packed this, the districts in so tightly full of that, where it was like, 85 percent mm-hmm. democrats in districts and like 15 percent. so you weren't getting the conservative democrats in those seats you were getting the the either the really pro- progressive democrats and or the minority democrats in those seats meanwhile you had like safe 55 to 45 drawn seats where you could get you could run the most conservative person you can and you're still going to win because you know you don't have enough Democrats in the district to do anything with it. So, so it was more of a, that was more of a um, packing scheme when it came to, you know, then, then, then a draw the election so that even though the Democrats might win this seat, it becomes, it's still a conservative one. Now, with Joe Manchin, I mean, the people that drew that map were back in the 1700s. So there's, yeah, yeah. I'm more talking about year 2000, as far as the drawing of the map than I am the, the, uh, year 2010. Now, the book I was talking about, I don't know if you can curse on your show. I don't want to curse on your show, you, but it's you can, called... You can, drop a, you can drop a couple. That's fine. Okay. Well, it's called Rat Fuck. Uh, right. Really good book. 
check that one out. It kind of documents the whole story of it. Uh, I mean, the Koch brothers just figured it out early. Okay, if we take over these state elections and these maps, we can create a situation where we don't lose. Uh, and then the second one would be the book that was just written about Rahm Emanuel. It kind of goes into that era I was just talking about, where Rahm played that game of we're just going to rally these blue dogs and get as many of these seats as we can. And then at that point, you're in power being instructed, and you can't actually get anything done. You can't spend political capital on judges or anything else. So you get a twice-elected president, but <laughs> you don't really get, you know, you don't really get the parchment on the wall to say, hey, we govern well. So, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, man, but this, this is a really if, difficult if I had all the answers, If I had all the answers, I, I would both have – a nationally syndicated talk show and I probably have won my, won my election, you know, when I ran for Congress way back in the day too. So, you know, it, it's, it's, all good, it's, man. You know, it's, we're, it's, we're just throwing ideas at each other. And yeah, it's, 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 I'm going to think about some things you told me today. And hopefully you think about some things I said, and, you know, that's how it works, you know? And, and Demonox in the chat room says, we keep going further right because we keep compromising. And there was an argument that somebody made on Twitter to me about it. And, and, and I, understand, I understood the argument where, you know, there, there's the argument to make, well, if you elect, if you include centrists, you know, in your, in your caucus, I guess, if, if, you, if you try and target Republican seats with centrists, that means more of your party is centrist. Therefore, you've moved your party more to the right than what you might like. Even though you've moved Congress to the left, you've moved your party a little bit to the right. And, and I understand the concern there because of the fact that, you know, ultimately, you know, what most of us who are listening to the show want is we want to move things more to the left. You know, we want, we want to get those things that are needed uh, from them. We do have another caller coming in, but I'm going to take a next commercial break. Let's go ahead and, and okay. put you on hold for a second and uh, let me let me hit the next commercial break because i do want to do the just money minute on top of that as well let's go ahead we will get to the other caller as well so again if i can find this silly clip again i lost it again (laughs) i i need to organize this better uh what is the problem with my eyes there we go there it is Anyway, so there's we're going to hit the next commercial break. Take your calls as well, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dane Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. 
talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tune. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. That's letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your Dan Zimmerman coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it is area code 914-803-4131. We do have callers on the line, but before we get to them, I do want to talk about or play the Just Money Minute. So without further ado. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Money, talking finance and investing in the Just Money Minute. 
We're talking taxes, and I know we just talked about taxes a couple of weeks ago, but it is that time of year after all. Now specifically, let's talk capital gains taxes, because I'm hoping some of you made sweet profits from GameStop's awesome second run, and I don't want you to worry about taxes. In fact, I never want taxes to be a barrier to someone investing. Really, they're not that scary. If you profit from selling stock you held less than a year, you'll pay short-term cap gains taxes. Those are taxed at your income bracket. But if you had capital losses, those will cancel out your gains, and you will only pay taxes on your net gains. Not a bad deal. Now, dividends, well, you'll always pay 5 to 20% on dividends, even if you reinvest them. But guys, please always reinvest your dividends so you take advantage of compounding. This has been the Just Money Minute with Amber Petrovich. Build wealth, fight the wealth gap. And there you go, another, another segment of the Just Money Minute. Uh, if you go, uh, she's at Amber Rose on Twitter or uh, just underscore money one on TikTok. The rest of her website and other web presence will be announced at some point soon where you'll be able to find more of what she has to offer. Very good sound content for um, initial investors or people just learning or people who've been investing for a while. And as always, I do like to say that Liberal Dan Radio is not an investment show. We are not, I'm not a financial advisor, and I would highly recommend you uh, speaking with your own personal financial advisor uh, to discuss your personal needs and risk tolerances before acting on any advice heard on the Liberal Dan Radio podcast. So um, let's go ahead and hit our, our other caller who's been patiently waiting on the line. Hello, caller. How are you? What's your name? Where are you from? Yes, good evening, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm calling from Minnesota. How are you doing? Hey, you've called before, haven't you, Mike? Yep, definitely. We yep. talked, okay. uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I, I recognize your voice, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, how you been? how's everything going with you? Uh, it's going all right. I had a bit of an up and down day today, but, uh, I, I, there was a brief second where I was like, oh, let me, let me just not do the podcast today, but I got to do the podcast every week if I wanted to be successful. So I'm here and it, it, it's turning into a good podcast. So I'm glad I did not skip it. So, um, so what, 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 which of the topics would you like to comment on today? Yeah, I, caught, I saw your um, the title of your show on blog talk and it kind of caught my attention, the idea of uh, Republicans and voter suppression. And yeah. I noticed, even though this week, you know, the Democrats are trying to pass that HR one bill, which I'm, I'm assuming you're probably familiar with. And um, okay. I find it fascinating when when I hear this argument coming from the liberal side, and I think to myself, why is it that the U.S. is one of the few developed countries in the world that doesn't have voter ID? You know, you think about okay. the fact that Canada and Mexico both have voter ID, but we don't here, and we don't for a very simple reason: Democrats don't want voter ID over and over again. And this latest bill. Just they want to make that permanent law where there will never be voter ID. And what's interesting is that people who are always talk about election integrity, I find it fascinating. Why would you not want voter ID? Because every almost every other country in the world does that for an right. obvious well, reason, which is to have integrity. But for your side, you guys came up with this. This you have your clever technique that Democrats do, which is they use race or gender to deflect from something or use it as a shield for any legitimate criticism of a policy idea. So when it comes to voter ID, Democrats are resistant. They say the reason we can't do it is because it's racist, because it would, it would make, because it's apparently difficult for black people to get a form of government ID. So you'd be disadvantaging black voters. 
And so, that's the okay. excuse they've so, made to not have that in, in place. Let me let me cut in for a second. Um, I, Liberal Dan, uh, fully support. If we want to do what Mexico has, I fully support that. Mexico provides every one of their citizens a picture ID that they use at the polls. It is provided to them by the government, so there's no cost, no out-of-pocket cost for them, except for maybe what they pay in taxes. Um, but there's no additional cost for them to do so. Uh, if we wanted to do that, I would have no problem with it. If, if, we, if Republicans would try and pass a clean voter ID bill, which would just, just have voter identification and nothing else, I think you would find more support and, and you would find very little resistance from Democrats. They've from tried that before. Et yeah. oh, yeah. but, but, it, but that's not what we get. These so no, no, they tried it before. The Democrats uh, never wanted no, 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 it from no, the jump. Louisiana, as red as it is now, had been more of a purplish state. But for a lot of when I've lived here, you know, I think more, I think it may be about 50-50 at this point. But when the law was passed I, to, to require voter IDs here in Louisiana, um, it passed with Democratic leadership, uh, if I'm remembering it correctly. Um, and and you, you, you show an ID when you go to the polls. And if you don't have an ID, you can get a free one. So there's there's no yeah, barriers. Yeah, I'm talking federally. You're talking about okay, okay. the state well, well, I mean, the federal law is the federal different. law is let's wait, wait. The federal law is is trying to rein in what these states are doing. That's why, that's why the federal law needs to take place. That's my point. The HR one bill is trying to make it so states can't even put into law having voter ID. They want to get that. They want to make that something they cannot do. That's my point. So you're, what you're talking about is you're referencing Democrats that live in a red state like Louisiana or a purple state, if you want to call it that, that actually have to deal with Republicans. But when you talk about Democrats in California, New York, D.C., in the dark blue areas, they are completely opposed to any voter ID of any kind. Okay, but uh, on the other side, are you, are you familiar with, with what happened in North Carolina with their so-called voter ID law? No, I'm not familiar with that, what happened. Okay, so, so the North Carolina voter ID law that was passed. Um, it contained an ID provision. Um, it also specifically, when they were researching the bill to determine what types of voting they were going to allow and what types of voting they were not going to allow, uh, it eliminated certain types of voting. And they, they did research on the demographics of who it took advantage of particular forms of voting over other demographics. And the only ones that they took out were the ones that black voters used. They did not touch any of the ones that white voters were, were likely to take advantage of. They only did the ones where black voters were going to be taking advantage of. That was just one of many things. And, and what uh, do you mean that, by that? that you're talking that, about a general election? You gave it to us specifically what you're talking about. So they're saying for all the elections, voter ID would only apply to what all elections? All elections in the state. So whether or not the election right. was for president or for Congress or for your local dog catcher. All of these requirements were being – all of these methods that people would use to vote, they researched them. And it turned out and, – and the judge, as written in the opinion – and, and I, would, I would urge you – I mean, I've spent a lot of time talking about this on the podcast. I have a YouTube channel. It's Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube. I have a series called The GOP Coup. Um, and, it, 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 and part of the – part of it talks about things like Project Red Map where the individuals – uh, we're trying to re- rewrite uh, districts in states so that they could have an unfair advantage. You know, you, you want to talk about voter yeah, IDs. Yeah, but both sides do that. 
It depends both sides, what, what both sides, yeah, both sides gerrymandered, but like Republican, I, I could talk, I could talk about Maryland and how Democrats in Maryland gerrymandered Republicans out of existence. Well, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so it I'm happens well on both sides. Of, I am well aware of the lines that have been drawn in Maryland that are ridiculous. However, exactly, the, and the, who did the, that? The, the levels. I mean, currently right now, there's a, there's a Republican governor in Maryland, so I, I don't know no, how no. much of it. Come on, brother, Dan, Dan, keep let's let's, let's call balls and strikes here. Come on, but, 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 if, you, but, if you're gonna no, if you're gonna no, apply no. criticism to Democrats or Republicans, at least have the objectivity and the criticism to stay Democrats. the same you, for Democrats. You, wait, wait. So they so the you same thing happens like, in California. I'm, I'm, let me talk. Let you me have talk. to acknowledge it. I'm gonna mute you a second so I can talk if you don't shut up. Um, here's the thing. Well, you, you have, now you want you to tell me in silence because I'm pointing you, out inconvenient truths. I would urge you to listen to the show more because I often criticize Democrats when it comes to things that they've done. I've criticized Biden already at least twice. Uh, I've, I've I will criticize Democrats when it's called for. I will I will I will I, I'm, I'm I talking will about e- right I now. will even defend Republicans and conservatives when it's called for. I defended Rick Santorum once on this show when I felt that well, the New York I, I, Times I didn't, I didn't ask you to defend all these other no, people. No, no. I'm just talking about this what point. What I'm saying is that, is, that, is that you're going to make the assertion that I'm not looking things in an even-handed and fair way because I'm only looking at it from my side of the aisle, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving you No, examples. no, I'm, I'm just going off your response. Right. What did no, you, when but, I brought up Maryland, you brought up they have a Republican governor. As if to make it seem like it's the Republican governor's responsibility responsible for all the, the gerrymandering going on no, in Maryland. When you know full well, it was not, the Democrats but, but, that did that. But, okay, but that's I'm my point. Is, so is why did Maryland you bring up the Republican is, governor if you know he didn't have anything to do with it? Because Maryland ha- has its red parts available. Exactly. You wanted, you wanted to minimize the fact that Democrats are engaging in gerrymandering. Just be honest. Wait, wait, wait. The lines may be drawn terribly. And and there may be some disproportionality to the overall population as compared to the congressional representation in exactly. And my question to you was who drew oh, the but, line? But here's the thing. But here's was the it thing. Democrats or Republicans? But here's the thing. Simple question. I'm sure it was Democrats. But here's the thing. That's the my point. That's it. That's not, look how easy that was. It, but the Republicans have done it so much work. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that the Republicans I, do it. I'm saying it depends saying, on the what state. What I'm saying is that is that. Is that let let let's compare it to I don't know let's say somebody well, walks. It's because Republicans country. control more states than Democrats. Isn't that not a but, fact? But it's not even that they control more states. It's that it's that they do it to such an extreme level. It's like if if I walked up to somebody. Oh come on! You just admitted that they do it. You have crazy lines in Maryland. Yes. I'm muting, I, I am muting you for a second. Yes, there are crazy lines in Maryland, and that's true. But let's say if I walk up to somebody and I punch them in the face once. That's wrong, and I shouldn't do it. But then somebody else walks up to somebody and punches somebody in the face 17 times, breaks their nose, uh, sends them to the hospital, bleeding out everywhere. The, the, the type of argument that this caller is bringing up is that, oh, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. And it's not the same thing. The levels in which Republicans have gerrymandered their district, their states, is so bad, and and the other things that that the Republicans have done. And look, I will, I will, do, I will do a show next week. I, I will, if I remember, I will do a show next week that's devoted to the law in Congress, so we can do a deep dive on that law. And I encourage you to call it. I'm going to take you back off mute for a second. 
I'm going to encourage you to call back in next week because I want to give this topic of HR1 and, and what you think it does versus what it's what I see it's doing. And, and if there are flaws with HR1, I will criticize it. If there are if there are things that I agree with HR1, I will tell you why I agree with them. But here's the thing: is that is that in the Iowa law that I brought up earlier today, you know, you have things that have nothing to do with election integrity. The, the, the Iowa law, again, we'll repeat it, went from shortened the early voting period from 29 days to 20 days. Now, what does that do to help with the protection and the integrity, the protection and the integrity of elections? Does that do anything to make elections more protected from fraud? Yes or no? No, it has nothing to do with that. I'm not. I'm not concerned with okay. that. Okay. I'm not going to defend so, what I'm not so, concerned about. Um, whether or not an auditor can send out an absentee ballot request form unsolicited to a voter. When that voter now that I have an issue with, I don't think that should be the case. Of course not. Uh, the, the, just the request form. So, if, so, if, so, if, so, if the, if the auditor sends a absentee ballot request form to somebody, who then has to fill it out, return it in order to get the absentee ballot to then vote. If that's it's solicited how, by the person, yes. If it's unsolicited, absolutely well, not. That's where that's where the fraud takes place. The absentee ballot would have to be solicited by the person who has the request form. But the request form could be sent out in an unsolicited manner. Whether or not the person takes advantage of the request form is, is, is up to that voter. But set, do you think that sending out the request form is somehow fraudulent because if that person if, receives if, the if form you attach and, and, it to a legitimate signature verification, number one, which I've, which I'm, from what I can tell, Democrats don't want that either. Because to me, the question is when it comes to mail-in voting as a whole, whether absentee or not, the issue I'm concerned with is verifying that the person that's actually voting with that ballot is the person that, under the name of which that ballot says. That's this, a valid this is my concern. concern. That's a, that's a valid okay? concern. And that's my point. And I think we have four states that do 100% mail-in ballots, and I don't believe that anybody has raised any sort of allegations that there's any sort of well, what states are um, election fraud when it comes to people when it comes to people sending in ballots that are not theirs to any sort of level. Now, and and the reason why election fraud is, happens to be low is that, and and not the big thing that people like to make it out to be, is that the reward. For committing an act of election fraud is is nothing compared to the punishment for it. There's you know there's a whole cost benefit analysis. The benefit of getting one person. Man, no, one nothing will ever happen to anybody. What are you talking about, bro? Come on, man. No, there there, 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 have, the been, there have been there have been cases. Don't give me the nonsense. In the real world, no one ever gets caught for this stuff. Okay, just to take 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 in um in Pennsylvania alone, how, how many times have people been hammed in New Jersey? to come in and vote in Pennsylvania. That's I don't know how many times. I don't know. And in the, even though it was a known thing, no one's ever bought account for that. Because, listen, when it comes the to... The only person that I'm aware of country, that was busted from Camden to, to, to Philly was, was the person who was the poll watcher who was illegally watching the polls, who then recanted his story, I think, during the No, no I'm not talking election. about in 2020. I'm talking, this is, this is a practice that's been going on for decades. Not to mention the practice going on in Chicago and other cities. The point I'm trying to get to is that the, when you try to make it seem like there's a risk, as if there's the punishment will be so severe, no one ever gets caught for this stuff. 
if it's done on one side. Now, if it's a Republican trying to do it, they will be caught. They'll get caught up. If Democrats engage in this activity all the time, and they never, they never get caught up on anything. Okay, let's call. Let's be honest about it. I mean, did it? Democrats, did it be... there's, there's a two tier system in this country where Democrats can get away with a certain thing, a certain amount that a Republican simply cannot do. Did it, just, it, it, can't, it can't happen. <laughs> At NC, I have a completely 180 degree opposite view of that. I see Republicans well, getting away with all I, of I the used time to be a liberal. That Demo- and Democrats I know, I know held, the other side. Democrats are held to such, you they do. to such a high. If a Democrat dares do anything wrong, it's oh my God, that person has to resign. Oh, give, give me one example. It's like, give me oh, one example. It's, of it's that. a Republican. Give me an example. In the last 20 years, that you could even use that to to, to validate the point. Okay, um, Al Franken was run out of Congress for making a joke before his political career that was questionable and problematic. Uh, Donald Trump on the campaign trail said, "Grab him by the hoo-ha." Al, who, who ran Al Franken out? Admitted, admitted the, the, that he. I'm would. from Minnesota. Who ran Al Franken out? Was it the Republicans that ran him out? Who ran him out? It was a Democrat. Exactly. It, was a, it was a New York Democrat. And and, and why Democrat. and why did he get run out? Remember that was at the height of the meeting. Democrats hold hold each other to higher standards than Republicans hold each no, other. No, it isn't holding higher standards. They were establishing precedent because remember they had you had the election in Alabama with uh, what's that what's that guy's name? The guy that ran against Doug Jones. The guy that was accused of being with like underage girls. What was his name? The Republican candidate. Oh, Roy Moore. The, the, the Roy Moore. Okay. That already got you remember that election? So we had the Alabama special election. That was that was that was about that was right around the same time the issue with Franken was going down. So that election was coming up. The expectation was Roy Moore was going to win because this is Alabama, after all. Who would have thought a Democrat could win the Senate seat there? So they thought Roy Moore is going to come in. We got all these allegations over his head. They were establishing precedent by dealing with Franken because the photos came out of Franken with that with the I believe I don't know if it was a journalist or a soldier, but you remember the lady that he was essentially kind of pretending like he was fondling. So those photos came out. They wanted to go after him to then establish precedent to go after Roy Moore when he came in, and then they were going to go after Trump on the same on the same grounds. But it didn't work because Doug Jones ended up winning. And it was interesting to me, the minute Doug Jones won, all the Me Too talk on Capitol Hill just evaporated the next day because it, it had an intent behind it. You see, the Democrats are the best at sleight of hands, and they have a very clever and sly way of engaging in their political shenanigans. They're very good at covering what they're doing and making you look at this when their real intention is over here. Like I said, with voter ID, they claim, oh, we we don't want it because of racism, but in reality, it's because we want to engage in fraud and we want to leave loopholes, just like immigration. At the southern border, Democrats say, oh, we oppose illegal immigration, but they they leave every loophole in place. Let's roll back. So that to, it can be exploited. Roll, let's let's roll back to the uh, to the to the whole race because because earlier you brought up the fact that or the the it's a fact that you brought up that you believe that in response to like voter ID laws or whatever that that Democrats always rely on the race card as 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 a counter or whatever. Um, but you know, see, when the I'm only argument that, I've ever received from a Democrat opposing voter ID, and I've, I've had this debate with Democrat what, congressmen. And people and they and they mention it every time. There's a that's the only point well, see, in response. I, brought it I, up, a, I didn't bring up another one. I didn't bring up another one. I didn't. I didn't bring up that you know that it's racist to require an ID. I brought up that the other non-ID provisions that are in these so-called voter ID laws. Oh, that's a separate argument. On, on, on that ground, I actually may agree with you. 
I'm talking about the specific opposition to voter ID consistently. You can look this up in different, you know, articles. You can see all the responses you get from Democratic politicians, whether Senate, congressmen, on the state level. You can look across the board. It's always been voter ID will disadvantage black voters because it's difficult for black people to get IDs. That is the consistent argument you've always, every time. I've never I've heard, other than yourself, I've it. never heard a liberal make any other argument. I have seen other than now, that. Now, now I don't now I don't know specifically what, what and we can, we'll we'll talk about this next week when I do more of a deep dive on HR one, um, but there's been there's been shown where where if if you're somebody because because it's not simply just the requirement to have an ID that's at issue when it comes to requiring an ID it's what's allowed to be presented as an ID because other states have done that too. Oh, okay. They've, they've, right. look, no. no. No, I mean, I'll, I'll try and find the examples for next week because I don't have that ready for me because I didn't plan to talk about this topic. No, well, I'm, I'm assuming week. you and I would agree on this. We would agree okay. it should be a state ID or some form of government ID, right? Passport, okay. right. But, but, but they, driver but license, state ID, whatever. Right. But they've changed what could be used to, like, like for example, like, like I think somebody w- okay, was trying to vote to with, with maybe their their ID card that came with, like, for their VA, for the VA, which had all the appropriate information that one might want to have, but they they cut those for some reason, and therefore, or somebody in order to, to in order to get a new ID, they would have to provide certain things that were not available to to maybe an individual because maybe something burnt down or something like that. I don't know. There, I'm remembering wait, wait, wait. Come on, man. No, no, no. Break it down, dude. We're talking on, about man. getting a normal ID. So if, if you get a normal ID, what is required to get an ID? Proof of residence, right? That's, that's, that's in almost every state in America. Whenever you go in to get an ID, whether it's just a regular state ID, a driver license, or whatever, you always have to provide some proof of residence, correct? Sure. Um, but okay, like, so for example, let's, let's say for I, I, what example, I'm saying is let's go, just think, any form of government ID. Wait, I think this was Minnesota where this happened. And so this might be more relevant to you since you live in, you live in Minnesota, right? Yes, sir. When Minnesota, Minnesota required or changed the rules so that there are people who live on uh, Native American reservations and oftentimes there won't be street addresses there and the people there will use PO boxes, and that was okay for a long time to, to have for a Native American living on a reservation to use a PO box on their ID and have it be a valid ID for use when it came to elect for voting in elections. Until very recently, when they changed it and said you cannot have a PO box, you have to have a street address. But if these individuals on this on these vote on these on these reservations don't have the street addresses and only have a P.O. box, you have now taken away their right to vote. Furthermore, there are people, would, would you say that somebody who is homeless should have the right to vote? Okay, so with that, when you talk about the reservations and the homeless, number one, you're referencing a very small percentage, right? Let's, let's be clear. You're not talking about, we're talking about well, less it, than it, 5% of the population, it, it, number large one. Enough of a, but it, in, in Minnesota, in that election, it was a large enough of a percentage that the former senator, like I think the, the number of votes that came off of the Native American reservations were larger than the difference your previous. No, that, I forget that, your previous I'm, I'm from Minnesota. It, 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 I don't know who told you that. That's, that's absolutely not the case. Okay. But this is, this is a, an example of arguing the exception versus the rule. 
So there's how many homeless people are even in America? We're talking about two million, three million. I mean, what's the number? I I, I could Google I think it real it's less quick. Than that actually. But total it's it's a very, it's it's a it's it's a small percentage out of a four hundred million population. I mean, let's see the voting population is like two hundred thousand homeless people in the United States. Okay, so there you go. So out of out of how many eligible adult voters, it's like I think there's close to two hundred million people that can that are legally over eighteen that can vote in America. Yes, so who are let's, eligible. Let's, yeah, so let's let's, let's address let's address that majority. Let's address the rule, not the exception. So in that case, I would agree with you. Yeah, well, they should come up with some plausible, reasonable way to establish that the person in say the Native well, American we, we reservation. Can we acknowledge that Donald Trump in 2016 won by less than 70,000 votes in in the three states that were in question? Like in in the difference between Hillary Clinton and and uh, Donald Trump in 2016 was in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania was 70,000 votes. So. Right, but that's not because of lack of Native American representation in the vote. That had to do with the fact that there was a low Democrat turnout because you guys had a bad candidate. That's that's a separate issue. But I'm I'm just saying let's not let's not rehash the 2016 election because we can get into detail about what went down there. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to mute a second because I think someone else wants to come in to talk about this as well. Um, I'm a software developer, and as a software developer, I'm always thinking about the exceptions. I think if you don't take into consideration the exceptions, the rules are broken. I believe this is Knox. So let's bring Knox on. Is that my right? Oh, yeah, you are absolutely right. Oh, my okay. God. So let's talk uh, about cherry-picking data. Now, look, if, if Nimbus Yosh is listening, call your wheezy ass in, and then we can form Voltron on the fly. Um, but we have two-thirds Voltron formed right now. So go ahead now. Go ahead. You wanted to okay. say something so, about the uh, ID laws. As far as cherry picking data, uh, every wait, wait, time so, you come wait, up with a point, every time you come up with a point, you keep I, getting I, you keep getting sidetracked, you keep diverting, and it's hilarious. Now, the funny thing is about your your idea. No, 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 no. Did you have long enough to talk? Okay, you're you have long host. enough. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was him. <laughs> sorry, oh, it, your voice sounds the same on the phone. Okay, sorry, sorry. You keep going. Uh, what I was saying was that I muted him. He's on mute right now. So you, <laughs> oh, you're thank God. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, uh, and he can come back in a second if he stays on. But I, I want to let you have your point. But I didn't even see that you did. You, did you write Al Franken before or after I said Al Franken? I was typing it as you were saying it. I'm like, dude, Al Franken, and you're like, Al Franken. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so there you go. So we, brilliant minds think yeah. like Now, go ahead. I, I'm gonna, go, go. Okay. So go. so there's a few points. One is um, whether or not he agrees or disagrees with it. Uh, requiring an identification is usually contested as a form of voter tax, which is illegal and against the Constitution because not everybody can afford an identification. Furthermore, his point that it is not against race or anything like that, the locations where you can get RMV, or like your RV and all that stuff and get your license, those locations are often shut down predominantly in black neighborhoods and stuff like that, making it more and more difficult because redlining is a real thing that he can look up if he actually bothered. But those facts don't mesh with his reality. Then there's the idea of the population, the 17,000 or so homeless uh, people in America, is about 
9,000 times more the population of voter fraud because voter fraud is less than 0.00, there's six zeros. So zero point, there's six zeros, 1% of all votes are fraudulent. Every time they bring up voter fraud as a reason for voter identification needs, it's because they're counting things that are initially counted as voter fraud and then proven not, like military people who are voting from overseas. It goes in flagged as fraud, and then they check it and go, yeah, no, no, they're not dead. They're just overseas. So there is no ground to stand on. And if his argument is, oh, well, let's not talk about exceptions to the rule, let's not talk about exceptions to the rule, the idea of voter fraud is the exception to the rule. His entire argument hinges on the exception, the 0.000001% of all votes. That is the ultimate exception to the rule while he's complaining about don't use exception to the rules. My prediction, I'd be like, that we know of. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, even though it's been all source verified and all that stuff. Uh, plus, almost every claim he's made about voter fraud has been easily debunked and easily Googleable. But, you know, Google is hard. <laughs> and probably controlled by the left Bill Gates as he's trying to, like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, Google, apparently, according to one website that's no longer in, in, in play, um, was source fed. They tried to claim that actually Google was was supporting Hillary, but I kind of debunked that in my on my series of videos on them. But you know, it is the what it is. only reason why Google has a left leaning uh, seeming base is because it goes by facts not fantasy. <laughs> I mean, if we were going to go to the fiction section of the library, this could, you know, I mean, you're going to get different results. I, I can write a whole bunch of nonfiction, I mean, sorry, a whole bunch of fiction, and then, you know, then it can have whatever right-wing ideology they want, but facts are facts, and it's kind of funny that the facts don't care about your feelings crowd seem to be afraid of facts. And that's funny, because, I mean, it's funny that you bring up the, the whole the fiction. I always used to bother me, the whole fiction versus nonfiction thing. Why was nonfiction true and fiction not true like it seemed to me like if you should call things fiction it, it, like it, it goes like it seems it, it always seems confusing the, to me I the negative is the non i right. think it's because fiction is so much better than reality so it's the good one and nonfiction is like ah crap this is real boring clearly i mean clearly that especially that's, among the key, among, especially among the QAnon folks cucumbers if you oh will. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well hey gotta remember donald trump he's going to be coming back in a couple of days rising from the dead just like jesus well i mean what is it three the fourth now it's the is it the 20th now that's the that's the big day that's supposed to happen i i guess i mean if you're following something that came from 4chan which is the same place that made creepypasta which is the same place that the slender man came from and that's your source that of reality. Don't forget Super Straight. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, totally forgot about that. Which, because by the way, that was my other point Super of calling. Straight. This guy is derailing the hell out of your conversation with sidetracks. And all I can think of is Jean-Paul Sartre when he says, never believe that the uh, – oh, I can't remember the entire quote. But it's never believe that the, uh, the dumbass comments of the anti – he was talking about the anti-Semitic in general – but essentially the far right never believe that the right are, are unaware of the absurdity of their claims. Their entire point is to waste your time and to get their nonsense out there. And then as soon as you call them out on it, then they're done. Then they're gone. They've got an excuse to leave. <laughs> yeah, true. 
But I did want to talk about John Paul Sark. Love him. I did want to talk about the super straight thing, right? And you brought up four trans, so yes. there is a whole super straight thing. And and yeah, um, segue. There, there's there's a lot lot of about this whole thing, and you know the so what is what is super straight? Being super straight is the idea that you as a, a cisgender male or cisgender female only date cis if you're straight would all at a cisgender male you would only date a cisgender female that means you're super straight and if you're if you're if you're a cisgender female you'd only date a cisgender male um because you're you're super straight and so why is this transphobic um can my, i um my, yes can i well, there's can super i make a bi, there's super bi too there's super bi i forgot about the super bi people who are uh, who only date cis folks you know they can, they I, can date um, men or women <laughs> but go ahead can, can, can i can i can i make a uh, a kind of a, a reveal on the show a first time ever reveal uh, on your show uh, my sure. first time ever reveal is um i'm terrified that i might secretly be a spider because every damn time you have one of these super straights or whatever kind of phobic people screaming about how they're not gay, they're not gay, they're not gay, you find them in the bathroom in front of another person of the same gender. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but it bugs the hell out of them. It's one of those jokes. Um, no, but yeah, it, it, I, it, I have to, yeah. So I mean, if if they if they really end up being what they're afraid of, then I must be a spider because I'm terrified of fucking spiders. Sorry about the swearing. The, I'm terrified super, of spiders. The super straight doth protest too much, methinks. Um, yes, exactly. Because big D boy energy. If if you're a straight guy, you know you're not going to be attracted to all women. I mean, clearly there 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 are going to be. I mean, there are some of us that are chubby chasers. There are some of us that are like legs, ass, thighs. Some of us like the brain and the intelligence, and some of us like the goofy. We're, we can't all be attracted to the same person, so there's and, fluctuation. And, and, even, and even if you could, you could still find attractiveness across those lines. I've dated, I've dated skinny people. I've dated larger sized people. I've dated people in between. I've dated white people and black. There, there are many people that I you find attractive. That's a joke. <laughs> you are, I mean, you're the one who's saying I had an OnlyFans in the private chat, so you know. It's an OnlyDans, Dan. Only it's an OnlyDans. Only we gotta market this, man. Yes, only OnlyDans, uh, liberal porn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nookie, nookie from the left. That's right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's gonna like, go like, but, now. But there are also people who I would not be attracted to physically, and. That, that are cisgender and you know so let's just say hypothetically speaking that that i would not find any every single trans woman to be unattractive to me that's false because clearly there are some beautiful trans women out there but bailey J. oh my god i'd marry her in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> so um Oh, was anyway. I way too quick to answer that? No, that's fine. If you if you, no, if you that's have a an joke, example, yeah. I mean, I'm there, there are She's there awesome. are lots of attractive trans women out there, and I would have no problem dating them. Now there are some that I would choose to not date, even though I was attracted to them, uh, just because they're horrible people. Like uh, there's there's this one. What's they get a name? personality like Candace Owens. <laughs> Is she? It's not Candace. What's her name? 
But yes, she's, Gina she's Carrero a personality type. She's a hard, she, she's an actual YouTube celebrity, and she's a trans woman, and she's very attractive. Oh, I don't know this one. And I don't remember what her name is off the top of my head. And I wouldn't date her, but it has nothing to do with the fact that she's trans. It's just she yeah. it would be miserable. <laughs> it would be a miserable she's a terrible person. So, but but anyway, so so the fact that these people are like, you know, I'm not going to talk about the cis women that I'm not attracted to, but I'm am going to talk about that I'm not going to date trans. That's why it's transphobic. That's why that that's that's the problem. There is that you're othering trans women. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. And you don't have to date them if you don't want. That's that's the other big thing about the whole super straight thing is that like. It's, you're, not, you're, not, you're, you're not a better person. It's not any better that you're like, well, I'm only going to date people if they were originally what was originally on their birth certificate. You know, now, I have a friend who is a trans male who was originally on his birth certificate was a woman, even though his chromosomes are XY. Weirder things have happened. But so to, to this individual, that person, if, if, if that person who was supposedly super straight dated him that would still qualify because they're basing it based off of what was on a piece of paper, even though the piece of paper was inaccurate. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, uh, it, was my rant. it was my rant that I wanted to get out of my way. I did. We talked a little bit about the whole cancel culture crap again, too. Um, you know, there's the yeah. whole, there's, there's, there's no the, there's such thing the, as cancel culture. Yeah. Cancel culture uh, to quote a wise, person oh flycatch is in the is in the chat room too flycatch is another one of my semi-regular chat room joiners um how's it going flycatch um what did the, what the wise person say this is what the wise person said cancel culture is the invisible hand of the free market sticking up a middle finger oh yeah i actually got that quote from steve of the dead i don't know what his real name is he's a british guy from uh well from twitter that i follow he's like a artist okay. and stuff and um yeah so i had made my joke about cancel car culture is just the free market you can't complain about it he retorted with that and then i made my t-shirt with uh, nice. the big middle finger sticking up nice oh, that's the, and the yeah. thing is, is that what, what is it i mean i'm i'm, I'm disappointed that i can't get many the, the, there's there's several fake donald trump twitter accounts yeah um Mine is not Donald J. Trump spelled backwards. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, like the person that doesn't imitate Trump as well as I do, it, it had just got ridiculously much more followers than I do. And I'm very upset about the fact. Maybe I'm just too good at, at, at They might be using bots. They could Maybe. be doing milking the algorithms too. A lot of times they really milk those algorithms out. Like they will, they'll do that thing where they'll follow like 10,000 accounts. Cause uh, there used to be a retail strategy where my manager would be like, Oh, well, you know, you're guaranteed to get 15% of signups. If you ask a hundred percent of the people, it doesn't really map that way, but it is a bit of a numbers game. If you follow like a thousand accounts, you're going to get these people who, um, you ever have to use a McDonald's bathroom and you feel bad that you use their bathroom for free, so you buy like a soda for a buck? It's uh, it's like something <laughs> obligatory, something. Um, uh -huh. It's a sense of obligation. Some people get it, some people don't. I'm like that. If somebody follows me, I feel obligated to follow back. I'm like right. maybe one of three percent. 
So if you follow 30,000 random accounts, and that's why Twitter started limiting how many people you can start following in a day before they like flag your account as, you know, please verify you're real again. Right. The idea is enough of them are going to follow you back. And then if you say a couple funny things, they'll retweet it and then you'll get more that way. It's, it's a numbers game. And it's one that I don't have a lot of followers. If I wish I knew how without doing the numbers game, but I can't bring myself right. to doing the numbers game. We'll just steal all of uh, Yosha's followers. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. So let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, all of his followers. They all your Yeah, I mean, you know, he can't breathe. It's fun. We'll just us. we'll run. Yes. We'll run. He won't be able to catch us because he can't breathe right now. Um, well, I used to do. I used to go it? to other people's profiles and then and follow the people that followed them on the hopes that they would follow me back and 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 just kind of lather, rinse, repeat that for a bit. Um, when I was trying to grow my Liberal Day and Twitter audience to be larger. Um, we still have our Minnesota friend on the line, and he he held on. He's been a good sport, so let's 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 okay. bring him back. I, I guess we could get some more get some more points. Welcome 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 back on. I, I felt I had to give the knocks some time, so I, I would really like to hear your point to that. Where where to, to one of I think Knox's great points was was that if if we're going to say that we shouldn't look at exceptions to the rule then if voter fraud doesn't happen very much at all, what, why is that not the exception to the rule that we should also not look at? Okay, so let me make it clear that when I brought up that point of referencing the populations of the percentage of homeless people and Native Americans in contrast to the overall U.S. population, that was, that's why I brought up that point. Now, the okay. argument this guy is trying to make, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, I'm not sure, but the when it comes to the whole thing about voter fraud being such a small percentage, you have no idea. You don't know that. The cases oh, have oh I don't. There's verifiable facts, dude. You can't go by anecdotal no, no, evidence. Anecdotal evidence is not okay, evidence. Okay, let's, 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 let's break down your number. Let's break down your number. First of all, Look most up, voter fraud cases don't get investigated fully, number one. It's similar to Look the argument people make when it comes to illegal immigration. I've, I, know, I know the numbers you're citing. I'm telling you that that's incomplete. Because it's like the argument. So you know better. Wait, 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 wait. You, wait, wait, you know better. I'm, I'm muting both. I'm muting both for a second, just to say that when 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 Knox said that it was the, the that you're looking at the exception of the rule that it's very low. My point was to say that his likely response would be that you know of, and I was right. Yay. Anyway, let's go back to uh, let's let's bring just. Is it, is it Max from Minnesota? Is that right? Do I have that right or am I wrong? No, I'm Mike from Minnesota. But let me, let me break down why I know this personally. Okay, so in 2008, I was at that time I was a Democrat, and I volunteered on the, on the Obama campaign in Minnesota okay. locally here. And this is something that also came out now in 2020, that in the area of Minneapolis where I'm from, people were going to certain parts of the Somali community, some of the, you know, the immigrant communities where I used to live at, and they would literally pay people to go out and vote and vote for specific candidates. So this happened in a lot of local elections. A lot, there was a big, um, one of the local uh, council people in Minneapolis actually came out and brought this story out to the front, and she actually admitted that this was going on. And so I witnessed these practices. Let me just finish this stuff for a second on that. Can we pause and no one was ever held accountable Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you make an additional point, but I want to pause for a second on that. Okay, so, so buying votes, I'm, I'm not – condoning the purchasing of votes but would a voter id have prevented that 
No, that's a separate point. I'm talking about the point of fraud when he's trying to say that this happens on a small level and you try to you try to deflect and say, oh, he's going to say that we know of. My point is that it happens a lot more and it's never brought to account and that people get away with it a lot, especially in some urban centers. And I I know this from personal experience. So because you're not aware of these things, doesn't necessarily mean you know all the facts. Unless well, you're assuming that you are everything, right? Of course not, right? You know, you're not going to make that. No, I, I don't. I don't claim to know. Okay. Everything. So, so like, even if you go to let me ask you, where do you live? What city do you live in? If you don't mind me. New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay, Louisiana. so New Orleans. So, are you are you aware of some of the political corruption and the fraudulent activity that happens in major cities like in Chicago, Philly? I know personally in Minneapolis, where I'm from, like heavily urban centers that are heavily Democratic controlled. Well, I give one example. Okay, I give, I give you one example in Philadelphia, how they bust in people from Camden in New Jersey to come in and vote in Philadelphia. This is okay. something that happens regularly. But the, the point is that a lot of those fraudulent things, oftentimes they were more targeted towards local elections. Like we saw, for example, in the, it's the last election in the mayor race in Patterson, New Jersey, where the, one of the candidates got caught essentially manufacturing a whole host of mail-in ballots to try to help them win. And now this last election with the mail-in vote, there was a lot more openings to the fraudulent stuff happening, like in Minneapolis, where I'm from. You had people ballot harvesting in the Somali community in South Minneapolis here that were literally paying people for their ballot that they received, the mail-in ballot they received, in in, in that the they would fill out for them. All they had to do is come in. Sometimes they paid them 20 50 up to $200 a person to do that. And people in the area were gathering mail-in ballots, and then they were selling them in bulk. Okay, this was we got one of the people was caught on video doing this, talk, bragging about what he was doing. So this is something that's happening. And I understand as a liberal, you may not be aware of it, you may not care because ultimately you. <laughs> what do you mean as a liberal? Wanted, I might not be available. I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about Dan. I'm okay. talking about the other person I called that. I, okay. I respect you, Dan, because you and I, though we disagree, I I respect the fact that you bring a certain level of objectivity. That's why that's why I like talking to you. This other guy came in as a total ideologue that has this Democrat, liberal, good, Republican, bad, conservative, bad. This guy's an idiot because he's a conservative. I would clearly say that if, if you ask Demonocs if liberals good, Demonocs would say no. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, progressive. So, whatever you want, whatever, whatever uh, ide- ideology he had, he had, this person adheres to, they're clearly okay. an ideologue. That's obvious. Okay. That's obvious. Oh, now, man, 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 man. No, I'm no, no. See, back liberals are nothing but I'm putting you on mute. I'm putting Doc back on. So let me go ahead and, and let him have his say. Um, man, I, this part of the show, I, I can just let y'all talk. And just sit yeah, back I and, mean, what, I what are you even popcorn. here for, Dan? <laughs> what are you even popcorn. here for, man? I don't know. All right, yeah. So um, anecdotal evidence is not evidence, but I would suggest that if this guy was truly witnessing all of this supposed voter fraud that, you know, oh, I know a guy. Funny thing is um, I work in sales, or rather I work with a lot of sales guys, and, and my best sales guy's expression is always, I know a guy. I know a guy. Don't worry about it. I know a guy. If this dude was really witnessing all of this election fraud, if he was actually seeing it for real, which I'm going to call him out on it, then he would have to do his civic duty to report it, videotape it, and all that stuff. A single videotape of a person saying, I'm paying people to do this. Every single time they come up with those, guess what? It ends up being revealed that they were actually not, that they were typically 
you know, on the other side. Like all the people that were saying, oh, the Capitol Hill, that was all, uh, that was all really just liberals. And it's like, no, no, nah, man, no. Nah. Um, also, I hate liberals because they're way too centrist. And I'm not like liberal like liberal Dan. I think you're actually progressive. But you come from when I come from where liberal meant progressive. And now liberal yeah. means centrist <laughs> and all that weird crap. But yeah, dude loves to divert. So ultimately, if he's saying to one point that the amount is is not the question, like the, the homeless people, if, if that was his point, then I called him out on that point. It, it's it's a numbers game. It's either – sorry, getting my thoughts back together here, trying to remember the, you know, the point, the point, the point, and that's the problem too. They talk real fast throw out a lot of anecdotal evidence, throw out a lot of like little tidbits that if you spend three seconds looking it up, you can go, oh yeah, wrong. But the point is a point to counter a point to counter a point. If, if his point was that we need voter ID laws to uh, protect, um, then your point of voter ID laws would not protect against this supposed voter purchasing. Absolutely. Right. Voter ID laws would not protect against that, which means his argument is effectively he invalidated his own argument. He's basically stated that his reason for wanting voter ID laws would not prevent voter ID uh, fraud, voter fraud. So right. then well, it's, it's the lo- other argument would be break. the percentage. Let me, let me jump in for a second. It's a logical break. So, yeah, voter – the, the argument is there is all this voter fraud happening, so we need voter ID. And here's and and so what by saying, but they don't connect the dots. They don't say all this election fraud is happening, and here's the evidence that it's happening, and here's the evidence that it could be fixed with a voter ID. So therefore, let's implement voter ID. The, in reality, what's going yeah. on is 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 we have this have to say, you know, okay, we have all this voter. We're going to claim all this voter fraud, but we're not going to prove it. We're going to say that you know more happens than what we, than what is actually convicted, but we're not going to prove it. And then and we're, how going would voter that, ID uh, uh, we're going to use that as a mechanism to pass a law that's called a voter ID law. But in that voter ID law, there's going to be many different non-ID provisions that are going to discuss things like different ways of voting and, and restricting ways of people to vote. And, and as to Such as if you said, miss an election? Right. That, that's the, that's yeah. the one that's, that's the biggest one like from Iowa that I never, I hadn't got to yet. And that's, that's, the, and, and I, I'll have to bring him back on for this one because, because the, the idea that if you miss one general election in Iowa, you are then considered under this new law to be an inactive voter and as such to be treated as such. So now you have to now prove that you are who you say you are and, and, and you, you are not automatically allowed to vote back on. And doesn't that go against the working poor who can't afford to take a day off every single time, or who's not allowed to take a day off, even though they're legally supposed to be able to. And that's why Republicans are against voter holidays. They were against giving us a day off. And that's why the Iowa law that also says, you know, we're going to not make it, we're going to keep, make it less easy to vote by mail. We're going to make it so that you have less days to early vote. We're going to make it so that you have, I mean, they've gone from 40 to 20. They've cut, they've literally cut their vote early voting days in half. They're going to make it so that you have less time on election day 
to cast a ballot. So you have all of these things that you've now reduced the amount of time that is available to somebody in a general election. And then we all know that, as, as we've discussed, there are people out there who only care about one election, presidential election, as was witnessed in the most recent presidential election, when even though 74, 5, whatever million voted for Trump and 81, 2, whatever million voted for Biden, but over 4 million people who voted for either Trump or Biden didn't vote down ticket. They just voted for president and said, boom, I'm done. So if they only care about the presidential election, there are congressional elections every two years, uh, two out of three uh, congressional election cycles. You're going to have a senatorial election that takes place. Uh, you're going to have general elections when it comes to things like um, le- state legislatures and many state legislatures hold their elections at odd number years because they know, especially if they live in conservative states, that more people who are conservative show up for those off-year elections. So it makes it more likely for these for these so for these elections to turn out to have more conservative results because that's why they want them on these odd year and not during the middle of a presidential election. They want to have it on a separate year. And here in Louisiana, you have a situation. You you have you know the 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 election for some municipalities take place in the fall. Other ones take place in April. There are elections all the time. You know maybe three times a year where where somebody who is the working poor might decide, okay, well, I might vote in every congressional election, but I don't feel like coming to vote on whether or not the new dog catcher is going to get a new, uh, you know, bond for a new truck or whatever that might be. So that individual who is the working poor, who doesn't feel that they need to miss work, to be able to co-cast the ballot in a general election on an issue election and not on a candidate election has now been declared an inactive voter by the state of Iowa, if they live in Iowa. And what state we'll did know... he say he was from? Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. Okay. So, Sorry, so if you, sure. so, so that now this person has to, then prove again to the state that they are living where they say they are in order to retain their voting rights. It doesn't make sense to me. And and I'm going to mute Knox for a second and bring him back on because I want him to address this point as well. Like, like, do you think that, that that is good for the, for the election process? I I understand that at some point uh, government may have some, desire to determine make sure that your voting rolls are fresh um where when that should happen and how that should be determined um you know I, there i think there are some things in this law that allow election commissioners to say uh look at like some federal register that is done by the post office to handle moves or something like that and if it can be shown that somebody has moved from this state to another state then yes you can go ahead and make them an inactive voter and make and or make them prove that they are who they say they are um, and that they are, should still legitimately be allowed to be cast a ballot, even though these things tend to be done disproportionately based on race, as was seen in Georgia. And if you go watch my GOP coup series on YouTube about this, I go into that in one of those 
at least one of those videos, if not two, that Kemp, when he was um, Secretary of State of the state of Florida, I'm sorry, Georgia, um, that he implemented policies that were done and and specifically targeted black voters uh, to make sure that his election against Stacey Abrams would have favorable results. And it almost didn't work. She almost still won regardless of what was done. But there were a lot of shenanigans done when it came to who could cast a ballot, including some, I think it was 50, if I'm remembering the numbers correctly from the video, it's about maybe like 50,000 votes, maybe it's less, um, that were held, that were voters that were, that were held up. They were not allowed to register because they found some minor irregularity on on the application. So, 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 so but my question back um, is this, is that should, is it reasonable for a state to say that if, an, if a voter has not voted in one election, one general election, should, is it then okay for the state to say, you're not, a, you're not an active voter anymore, so therefore you have to jump through hoops to be able to, to, to vote again. I mean, if, if voting is a right, and, and I think we can all agree that the Constitution states several times the right to vote shall not be whatever, you know, be it by gender, be it by age, what have you. Several t- there are several constitutional amendments that specifically state the words the right to vote, which to me acknowledges that there is a right to vote. So there's a right to vote. Then is it, is it okay for these states to, to, to tr- try their hardest to remove people from the voter rolls? Like, does it not seem fishy to you that, that they would say, let's remove people who have missed one general election? Perhaps are there, are there, is there something about the set of people who vote in every single election versus those who only vote in maybe congressional elections or presidential elections that they're trying to take advantage of? And what, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so on, on, the, on the overall point that you mentioned when as far as, like, how we should address voter ID, on a lot of points I agree with you. Like I said earlier, I agree that the government, if this law were implemented, the government itself should actually provide the means and pay the cost for people so that people don't have to pay, pay it for themselves. I think they should actually send social workers out to help people who maybe have, you know, trouble getting to the DMV or any government center to get IDs. So it should be something that should be done to, as an initiative to help get everyone in America to get an ID if they, if they don't have one. So on those points, I think we would agree. Now, the points you bring about I was the reason prior to this 2020 election, I would have agreed with you how they, they shouldn't take someone off after they haven't been on, been voting in a certain election and have to require them to have to re-register as a voter. After this last election, I think that's something that should be done because we saw multiple cases of people voting um, under names of people that registered to vote that we come to find out that that person come out and said they never voted. But it's, it's shown on record that they actually voted in this last election. How many? Uh, how many of that? How much of that happened? I mean, I I haven't. I have. I know for sure examples. there was there was there was there was hundreds of cases of that in Georgia. Same thing in Wisconsin, and also in the state of Nevada. This is talking about in the thousands of people that were no longer living in the state that voted in that in that election. And so, I think it's a big deal that when it comes to voter rolls and voter registration, that that's something that should be refreshed. I think on a, at least every two years. If not less, well, shorter than that, especially if you're going to have the type of mail-in voting on a mass like we had in this last election, you've got to do that. 
because it's not, it's open to fraud. And that's my whole point, which is when it comes to liberals on this position, it's always a shell game. You know, this other person calling in talking about how all oh, diverting taxes or whatever, liberals have mastered the art of diverting, you know, diversionary tactics when it comes to this. So take illegal immigration and it'll tie into voting. They'll say, for example, oh, we oppose illegal immigration, but they'll leave loopholes in place that allow people to be able to do that. Same thing when it comes to this. They'll say we're against voter fraud. We want a legitimate election. We don't want any fraudulent activity, but let's not put any measures in place to guarantee that to actually secure the vote, but let's leave all these loopholes in place that can be exploited by people. That's where I have issue with as far as people trying to pose and act like, oh, we're, we're well-intentioned. No, you're not. Because I look when you look at intent, why was it that prior to this last election in several you know, state Supreme Courts all around the country, like in Pennsylvania and others, Democratic lawyers were arguing to get rid of signature verification on the mail-in votes, to not require any like verification of any kind whatsoever. And so that, to me, showed me their intent is to open this thing completely up not have any verification of any kind because you want fraud to happen on mass because you engage in it. Now, I don't care what this other guy's coming in, Knox, whatever his name is, claiming things have been debunked. Interestingly, he claimed that my what I mentioned was debunked without actually addressing it or showing how it was debunked. He just throws that out there because that's a typical liberal ploy of claiming something's debunked and that thereby dismissing it without actually proving the point. He hasn't done that. But that's beside the point. Now, what you're mentioning, when it comes to this idea that you cannot you know, go into the voter rolls and go into some type of strict measure to guarantee that everything is clean and above board and that you don't have people voting under people's different names and so forth. As if that doesn't happen, I mean, wh- how many how many times does it have to happen that before you just say, it's okay, now we need to put in tighter measures to secure the vote? How many times a voter fraud should happen? Should we have a million cases, 100 cases, 10,000, how many cases do we have to have in your mind before we have to put in stricter measures? Here's, I, I, I hate to be stereotypically Jewish on this. <laughs> I say that because a lot of times people mock Jews for answering a question with a question. And I, I, I don't necessarily know that I have a pure number that I can give you where like this number is where it's, it becomes, I, I, I don't think, I, I think we should protect the integrity of elections. And you're going to say, well, that's what all Democrats always say. But to me, protecting no, the integrity. I was going to ask you, what, what, what don't, wouldn't you want ideally to have a hundred percent clean election, regardless yeah, of the but, results? You said be but, clean, right? And a hundred percent clean you election. Both wait, wait, but, 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 but let me let me let me define what I believe a hundred percent clean election would be. That would I'm be talking where. About no fraud. Right, no, but that's not a hundred percent clean of it because that's that's leaving out a whole big part, chunk. So so okay, in what way? No, so, so, you want so a no bit fraud, of fraud, like just just so a no fraud, little little dash in there. No, no. So no fraud, but also where everybody who's entitled to vote is allowed and able to cast cast a vote. So what do of I mean course, by that? I agree with that so, 100%. So, so, so if, so so if, if you want to increase voting centers, let me explain this. If your attempts to clamp down on fraud prevent, let's say, 100 illegal votes from being cast, but it also prevents, like, pulling these numbers out of my ass, it also prevents... 200 legitimate voters from being able to cast a ballot, then well, you would have to explain to me how that then be the to, case. to quote Trump, how, how, how would that the, happen? Uh, how would me, they how would they, having a, how would requiring of ID for you to vote 
be blocking people. If I already agreed with you that if this law were to put in place, number one, the government should pay for it as far as but these, paying the but cost these laws, of people to but, get but an ID. Law, but that's and the government the should that's... assist people in, in, in acquiring IDs if they if, if they are unable to go to a DMV or a government center. But that's not the only thing that happens. Like these people get removed from the polls. Like these, these people get well, – so let's say, you, let's, say, let's say you get this government ID that says, hey, this is your ID. You get to use this card where, based off yeah. of where you live, right? Okay. But there still and, has and to be some sort of – And it's not just for voting, some... obviously. You need, you need an ID in general in life just to do a lot of things. So it's but a there's, good there's, thing but that everyone should have some form of government ID. I mean, it's not just But there's for a constitutionally protected right to vote. There, there's not specifically – and there's a constitutional prohibition on – Having to pay the poll tax, which you you agree that that, you, I, yeah. that government so that, should pay that, the that, card. That, that doesn't apply to me because I already agree the government right. should pay okay. the okay. card. And, and I'm making a point so to say that. But typically, okay. the argument of well, you have to show an ID to buy alcohol or cigarettes or whatever. You know, buying right. alcohol and, or cigarettes and just to operate is, is in it. life in general. I mean, most adults in America have an ID because otherwise, I mean, how are you even getting by in life? I mean, come on, let's let's right. stop playing but, games. But but most of the most of the thing. I hate making this specific argument because it's 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 not a hundred percent accurate. But like, there is a specifically stated constitutional right to vote. There are not specifically constitutionally stated rights to do the other things that you might need to do with an ID. I will caveat that with just because the, with the Ninth Amendment, which is just because something isn't stated or enumerated as a right in the constitution, it does not mean that it's not a constitutionally protected right. So I don't want to, I don't want it to be conflated that I'm saying that something has to be enumerated in order for it to be protected as a, as a, as, as an activity right. yeah, no, that's protected I, by the I, constitution. I, I got your point. Okay. So, but, but there, but the thing is, is that it, it's not just about, if it was just, if all of this was just about IDs, then we would, but we would, we would probably just sit down and agree Let's have government make sure everybody has a photo ID so they can prove who they are, and then they can use that ID to vote. But it's not just about IDs. It, well, there, that's what I'm other... arguing. So I, okay, don't, don't, but, don't but let that... me in. Don't like make me defend a position that I don't personally hold. Well, I'm not claiming that you have to defend this position, that you have, but, but you have to understand that when, when people like myself are dealing with this issue, we don't, we don't just look at the ID issue because we have to look at what is happening in the real world when it comes to the attempts of the Republican Party uh, and conservatives in general to prevent certain groups of people from voting. And well, li- casting... liberals are also trying to increase, like, for example, the fact that liberals want to lower the voting age to 16. I mean, come on, man. That's a shameless attempt at just getting a whole bunch of young people that you control in the public education and just push them out there to vote for you. I mean, so I mean, liberals. Here's my here's my opinion. Both, both, both parties are trying to win ultimately at the end of the day. But my point is, I, I'm my issue is just implementing stuff to keep it clean, regardless of the result. If you, if if your side wins, it's all good. As long as it's all fair and square and clean, I'm all good with it. So my point is, any legitimate objection to having a a a reasonable common sense voter ID law that helps people that can't afford it, that doesn't disadvantage people. That's something that should be done because it's done in almost every developed country in the world. It, it seems like a very like it should be something in place, but it's resisted by the Democrats for to me an obvious reason, which I, which I'll maintain to the day I die. Democrats know they engage in fraud, and they want to leave loopholes in place 
while at the same time pretending, giving the pretense of, oh, you know, we're all for voter integrity. We want elections to be clean and fair and all that. It's all BS, man, just like what comes with legal immigration. They, they, think, the Democrats think, have think... mastered the art of saying one thing and doing another. That is their that is their number one calling card in politics. And then also and... using race and gender as a shield, not because they care about the plight of black people. I'm black. They don't care about the plight of black people. It's just a convenient tool to advance their agenda that they can use as a shield to shield criticism for bad policy ideas, which is something I, I don't see. appreciate that liberals often do. Like Knox did earlier when he brought up black people living in certain areas because of redlining, not acknowledging the fact that most densely uh, – you know, black populated areas are in Democrat-controlled areas, where if this issue was in place, Democrats could address it, but they don't because they really don't care about the black plight at all. We're just a convenient political tool for them to use against Republicans. That's all. Well, if you were if you were if you were in the chat, you would also see that Demonox also pointed out that you know criticized Democrats for saying, "Hey, uh, you know, thank you for your help in in in, in this election. We'll see you in two years." So he would also agree that that the Democratic establishment can use, uh, as he says in the chat right now, Democrats suck at helping black people. So you may exactly. agree more but than you'd like I'm to. No longer, that's one of the main reasons I'm no longer a Democrat. I used to be but, but, an ardent Democrat and all that, but when, after but, the Obama administration, here's what I, would, here's what I, 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 I got would let point down, and, and I saw for what it is. That's why I don't appreciate it. Let me ask, is, is Knox white by any chance? Is he, I don't know. If yes. We are both okay, so I, I don't appreciate yeah. when a white and I often see this white liberals more than anyone else love to bring up black so-called black issues that they act like they care about, which they really don't, and they bring it up only for to use in a political argument against conservatives, not because they care about it, but because they know that they, if they can throw out the term racist, that can win the argument for them. Well, here, here's so they what, I mean, I can't, us I black can't people as political pawns and tools like this all, all the time. And then, and then when it comes to actually giving us tangible, legitimate policies that we want, they never show up. And all they have to do is wait till the election comes, and they cry racist, 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 and they want to get us all hyped up in our emotions, and they'll strike us to go vote for them. So I'm, I'm, that's why I, I, I'm that the voter ID issue is the one that really pisses me off because it's an insult but, to black people because they make but, it seem like it's so hard for us to get an ID because we apparently we don't know how to function in society without, you know, assistance from the government to the point where the, the, the bare minimum goal task of just getting an ID, which I don't know a single black person in my family or that I know personally that doesn't have one is like some type of monumental task. And how dare you require a black person to have an ID? Like, it's a joke, man. It's, it's just, it's the biggest, it's the, it's the racism of low expectations that they put on black people and they get away with it. And black I, will people agree. I, will agree I have with no you. idea why. Okay, I will agree with you that that when it comes to helping out Democrat, when it comes to helping out the black communities, the Democratic Party has come out woefully short on it. And and but to me, as I see it, and you know, well, first of all, I do want to go to another point. When when I bring up race, I, I try to not bring up race from a point of where I'm giving my opinions because I can't speak for black people. I can't know what it's right. like. No, for I, black I, I never black. accuse you as, of that. I, 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 I know you haven't. I'm, I'm just trying to say that, you know, when I bring up points that I make as a progressive uh, on these issues, what, what I try to do to the best, by the best of my ability is to amplify the, the voices of other black folks who I have spoken to about these issues uh, and, and to use my voice to try and amplify what they're trying to say. 
uh, as I like to do, as, as I try to do with other groups as well. Uh, that I might that I might not be a part of, whether they be trans folk or L- other LGBTQA folks or Hispanic folks or what have you. Um, if, if 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 I'm not in the group and I'm trying to speak on you know to to the benefit of the group, I try and always amplify what they're saying instead of putting my own spin on it, unless I feel my own spin might help and not hurt. And usually, even then, I'm try I, I check with you, like, hey, you know, is is, is this is this take yeah, you, of no, mine? You don't have to do valid. all that, man. Just like if you believe something's right, stand by it. Screw who gets offended, man. If you if you genuinely but, believe but, and you have a conviction that what you're advocating for is something that's right, and you feel like you've got a solid argument in case to support it, then just stand by it. Screw who gets offended by it. This is the most wrong here, society thing. now. Everyone's as, as, walking on eggshells, afraid to speak the truth because it'll offend a certain group of people. That's not how it as, should but, be, man. The truth, if the okay. truth hurts someone, it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Wait, I have that for do I have that for Trump? Hold on. I need to there you go. Wait, no. I didn't it play is it. what well, it is. I don't think that's a there Trump saying. I believe I believe that I believe that's more of a black saying, <laughs> but you know, if you want to if you want to credit that to Trump, but that's that's a different issue. No, no. I just I just It is what it is. I have that him saying it. Okay. So I like I like to play it. So I guess it's um, he's from New York, he must have got it from there. But I mean you get what I'm saying, man. No, at some point like you, know, you don't have to sit here and just walk on eggshells. And just like, oh, if I say this, I might offend, you know, especially the LGBT mafia. I mean, these people, you oh, talk about the most privileged people in America. My God, you offend them, they'll, they'll, they, I mean, if they could have their way, they'd have you executed. But at the minimum, they'll get you fired from your job. I mean, my God, even like, I've already said this, like, as a black person, it's amazing to me how all these other groups, especially women and the LGBT, have come in and hijacked the black civil rights movement. And it took all these things that were put in place for black people who had a set of circumstances that merited them being addressed in a specific way. These other groups come in and just hijack it and then apply it to them. It's absolute insanity. I, I believe, I believe, let me, let me, I, I, I want to get Knox in for a second. So I'm going to mute a second because I know he wanted to make another point, but I would, I would say two things to, to, to that point. I would say that, a lot of the people, especially some of the early LGBTQA activists who are out there, were also black people. Like a lot of the people that were early advocates, like Stonewall Rides, et cetera, were not just trans folks or, or LGBTQ folks, but they were black trans folks. They were black LGBTQ folks. They were used they were using what they learned in the black civil rights movement and using that to apply it towards the other areas to where society marginalized them. So, so I don't necessarily think it's, it's fair to say that the LGBTQA groups have, uh, I don't think it's fair to say that they, that they, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the word I'm looking for, they, that they've appropriated the, the black struggle into their own, I believe that a lot of the people who are part of the LGBTQA group have used what they learned as being part of the black civil rights movement in their, in their, in their trying to get civil rights as, as well. Now as on the, on the issue of whether or not of Democrats failing to achieve what they need to achieve for the black community. Absolutely. They have, they, they, they've missed the mark many times, but, but my opinion would say that 
that that was that was more ineptitude. And but on the other side of the on the other side of the issue is you have the Republicans who have also not helped black people be, because they are specifically trying to harm them. So there's 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 a difference between somebody who's trying to do something good but is inept and somebody who is purposefully trying to do something that's bad. So bring back the Knox, because I know he has some points that he wants to say. Uh, yeah, I, I got a couple. First off, uh, I'm not exactly white so much as I am translucent, basically. <laughs> I have negative melanin. I have unfortunately experienced privilege without asking for it. It's annoying. I don't ever try to speak for black people, but when I speak about redlining, I'm not saying that anybody is disabled or incapable. I I hate that bullshit too. I hate the uh, let's pretend all black people are victims and, and can't have nice things and all that crap. Hate it. But the reality is there is uh, how, how many years of oppression that puts people at a disadvantage because employers still don't like to hire based on their implicit bias? Implicit bias is a real thing. Even if somebody's not outwardly racist, they might have unintentional things going on in their brain where they decide to hire the white guy over the black guy. Not, not because they're necessarily are making a conscious choice, although sometimes that happens too. But the problem is it, it's so culturally ingrained that it does disenfranchise people and not just black people, but any people, because we have this thing called tribalism. If you don't look just like me, you're not me. I have, I have an implicit bias against you and it's problematic across the board. And redlining has affected so many more than just black people. And absolutely Democrats have failed at every single turn. It's always been, hey, let me pander to your vote. I care about you. Just kidding. See you in two years. Where Republicans are like, hey, we had Lincoln that one time back when we were the other side of the party. Remember us? You like us. (laughs) The problem is nobody really cares, and that is bullshit. He's right on that. It's absolutely bullshit. The reason why I'm not calling out the specific articles and just saying debunked is because if you try to point out a fact to somebody that already has their minds made up, they're not going to listen you got to give them the opportunity to look it up. Why am I saying certain claims have been debunked? Google it and find out why certain exact specific things have been debunked. Like the, the, the instance of the person who had already voted or the out-of-state voters. That was already debunked. They were military people. They were in the military with a different residential address. As far as signature verification, signature verification is bad no matter how you cut it because as you get old, your handwriting changes. Your hand can become shakier. You can get Parkinson's. Michael J. Fox is like, what, 50, but he got Parkinson's at like 35. His signature don't look the same. My girlfriend's got a dopamine problem, so her hand shakes from time to time. My signature don't look like it did. The problem is signatures were never really what was checked. It was like the airplane thing back after September 11th where they were randomly checking passengers based on name. It wasn't random. When they're checking these signatures, they're not checking John Smith. They're checking stereotypical names. Um, I think it was John Oliver I was watching last night, and there was a governor who was saying, yeah, we had some guy trying to vote named Tupac Shakur, so we had to – and it ends up that the guy's parents really named him that. 
so he went by a different name, but legally that's on his voter ballot. And the problem is, in an ideal world, we'd all have free IDs. We'd also have free health care. We'd also have a holiday. Everyone would be able to vote. In a perfect ideal world, if everyone had their, ideal, their ID, then sure, voter identification, abso-freaking-lutely. But the reality is there's so many caveats, and those caveats are written by people who don't want people to vote. That's the problem. And it's not just black people. It's, it's pretty much anyone that might vote Democratic in a Republican district. And the Democrats do the same damn thing, too. I mean, they ran the hell out of Bernie. There was just that book that came out saying that essentially they didn't care if they lost in Trump won as long as they defeated the progressive. And it sucks. But, yeah, in a perfect ideal world, sure. Unfortunately, a lot of what this guy's saying, especially towards the end there about the LGBTQ and, and them having rights, it sounds a lot more like I finally got mine and I don't want anyone else to get theirs. And that's called economic anxiety. The idea that there's only so much freedom out there, so we can't give anyone else freedom or I'm not going to get mine. And it's, it's, it's terrible. It's conditioning. It's, it's just wrong on all levels. My pasty-ass white self doesn't know a damn thing about being black in America. I, I do know about being poor in America. I do know about being too poor to be able to afford to get a car to drive myself and having to rely on public transportation to vote. I do know about not being able to take days off from work because I can't vote. So in an ideal world, if he's all for voter, reg uh, voter um, identification and all that stuff, then he should also be able uh, in favor of voting from home or voting for mail. His mail-in ballots are legitimate, and that's how the military votes. If it's good enough for the military, then it's good enough for everyone. And screwing with the mail is a federal offense. So if you get caught, that's a felony. So the penalties are higher. I mean, they're, they're pretty high. So you, you can't cherry pick why it's okay to want voter, uh, voter identification laws and then criticize pointing out the flaws in voter identification. We don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world of racists. We live in a world with sexists. We live in a world of phobic people. And um, I mean, I, I grew up accidentally racist, as in I didn't know that I was until I started watching more TV shows and realizing, holy crap, the movies in the <laughs> 80s have only portrayed this group of people this particular way to me. And oh my God, I'm nervous around these people for no damn reason. And I had to unlearn that and condition the hell out of myself. And, and I'm still learning. And, and, you know, not speaking for people, that's a, that's a difficult one to learn because it's like, I want to be an ally. I want to help out. But being an ally sometimes means sitting down, shutting up and listening. I, yeah, well, I was lucky. What? I was lucky as a kid. I was the only white kid yeah. on my on my block, so I wasn't raised to be afraid of people because of their skin color. So I like I I, I you know it, it, it's a nice privilege that I have as a as, a, as opposed to many other white folks who didn't grow up in the same situation where where they were you know they were taught to 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 get be leery of of black people now. And like a lot of people point out, like, oh, they'll say, like, oh, my dog is racist. 
And they'd be like, no, it's not your dog that's right. No, there. your dog learned it from you. <laughs> your dog learned it for you. Your, your, your dog is, is, is either learning it from you or picking up on your nervousness around being around somebody of darker skin tone and is, is sensing that nervousness and is working to protect you, your racist ass. So yeah. And, and screw Pelosi with her six refrigerators full of like $12 pints of ice cream telling us that $1,400 is enough and $300 for unemployment is enough and all of that stuff. Screw those Democrats too, because they don't care about people. They don't care about black people. They don't care about poor people. They just care about their own paychecks and wallets. But the well, idea well, here, here, that... Here's, here's, the problem, here's the problem that I would say with Pelosi, and, and I'm not trying to defend Pelosi, because I, I, while she's she done some can, good in her career. She can do petty shit, and, I, and I'm here for the petty shit that she does. And when she is gets on her super pettiness, I'm like, "Ooh, feed me more of the petty. I love it." You know, so so when it comes to that, I'm fine. But but th- there are definitely times when she needs better wordsmiths, and there are definitely times where I wish she could word things differently. And I'm, I'm saying that as with as the, the caveat here is that I don't know what else she could say when it comes to the fourteen hundred bucks, because if she were to say that not enough now, then it hurts the process of getting it passed and doesn't make this look like the political victory that it is. Um, but if she says that it is enough, then, then it, the people like us who say, well, it's really not enough. We needed more. We've needed more from the beginning. Um, and we need more now. Um, you know what she could you know, say? She could hmm. say it's a good start. And she could but say that. None of them like are saying that. She could say it's a good start. Street. Right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a thousand lawyers the at the problem. bottom of the sea. It's a good start. We are going to do more. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but even then, we're, it's such a fragile Senate balance that it's yeah. almost like you you don't want to breathe on Joe Manchin hard because if 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 you breathe on him the wrong way, he's going to fall over and 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 go on the other side of the aisle for for the issue. If he feels that it that it's going to be politically risky for him to 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 vote yes on the thing that's just a good start, then he's going to be like, well, no, I can't vote for it then. Um, I I think one of the things that I think potentially is is and I know you'll probably hate this, um, but is the benefit to having a president Biden is that I think President Biden is probably, of all of the people that ran for president this time, was probably the best person to handle Joe Manchin. Like, I think if anybody's going to get... Well, yeah, game recognizes game. He's pretty pretty centrist. He knows how to handle a centrist. I think Bernie would have just kicked his ass to the curb. I also think, though, if we had a more progressive candidate, when they had that thing where, like, the, the 13 Republicans... And even bother showing up for the impeachment hearing, they would have been barred from voting, and we would have had the uh, the numbers advantage. When the Republicans decided they weren't going to show up for part of the stimulus package thing, okay, vote without you, and we'll get it done. Because how many midnight votes happened under the GOP? And that's the problem. The, this guy is like, okay, well, Democrats cheat all the time. Well, we, we do. Of course they do. So do the Republicans, but the Democrats try to cheat politely. They don't do yeah. – <laughs> and, and sometimes it, like sometimes you wish they'd play hardball just to show what hardball was. I wish Democrats cheated as hard as they could uh, just 
because it might we might have a slightly more progressive party and uh you know the country wouldn't be sliding into this phobic crap hole that it's turning into but uh you know, this whole light at the end of the tunnel i guess but I, I read this great analogy right now politics is a game of monopoly and the democrats are sitting at the monopoly board and they're discussing the rules of the game and whether or not you know free parking means you get the money in the middle or free parking is just you know goes back to the bank while the republicans have left the house lit the house on fire and they're laughing on the way to the liquor store they won pretty much (laughs) and if you're still playing monopoly uh, though i I do i do want to say if you're still playing monopoly don't there, there are much better games than Monopoly out there to play. I mean, even with kids, my youngest kid is eight, and he plays Settlers of Catan, the full-on version, not the kids' version, but the full-on version. If, if, if play better games with your family, it'll, it'll help you. It'll help them enjoy game night better. Although, play I still... Uno if you want to divorce your family. <laughs> uh, that was a poor video. Uh, I'm pretty on, sure that. On my Twitch stream, there's a poor video of my oldest son just having a fit because one of my wife's kids were playing like Fortnite with us or whatever, and all this like he just was owning my oldest, and my oldest one was like, "Oh yeah," just crying. It was a poor thing. Yeah. Anyway, but let's. I I do want to say. As I say, I just want to say one last thing in in regards to the whole uh, thing about canceling and privilege and and LGBTQ and all that stuff. I think we absolutely should be not necessarily canceling, but certainly toning things down because it was hard as hell for me to learn that the stuff on TV wasn't reality. And I was fortunate enough to be able to, and I'm still learning, but there's so many people in my class that I look at their Facebook pages and they've got the Trump signs and the, and they're screaming about immigrants and, and illegals and all this stuff. And it's like, they never learned out of it. So we got to give something else to our kids And Dr. Seuss wasn't canceled. Dr. Seuss's books weren't canceled. The Dr. Seuss Foundation themselves looked at it and said, listen, we get that it was a different time, but we don't want kids learning these messages because these messages are wrong. And there's still like 50 other Dr. Seuss books that are are great for kids. So it's time to retire these. And if that's a bad message for anybody, then I don't want to know what a good message is. Well, the requirement for conservatism, and and we will let our other caller back on and and deal with this for the last point, I guess, because we're going way long today. Um, But but the the whole thing is is that like a requirement for conservatism is hypocrisy. Conservatives will talk about how the free market should determine what they want to do. But when the free market says, oh, well, Dr. Seuss's estate is no longer going to be publishing six of his 40-some-odd books, most of which you've never heard of before because those aren't the big books, oh, rabble, rabble, it's cancel culture. When, and when, I will say the, 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 hypocr- the problem of the, 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 the left, I will agree with this guy, is our problem is sometimes, at least in our leadership, apathy. They have hypocrisy, and we have apathy. Yeah, much too much apathy. But, but here's like, there's another, another yeah. example of it. When it comes to masking and, and, you know, conservatives, a conservative argument on masking would be, you know, ignoring the fact that it is ignoring science. A business should be able to determine whether or not they want to allow masking at their own establishment or not. If that business wants to allow it or, or, or to allow or force people to mask, they, that business should be free to put sign, wear masks, 
you must wear masks. But if the, if the business says you're free to not mask, then you're free to not mask. That's what a conservative argument would be typically, except for when a conservative goes to a Mexican restaurant in Texas, like just happened recently. And what happened? The restaurant says, well, you know what? We really think that you should still be wearing masks. We want to protect our employees. So if you want to eat in our establishment, you are still going to be required to wear a mask to come in our, come in our place. What do the conservatives do? They threaten to call immigration on the people working at the place because they're Hispanic people working at the restaurant. Like, yeah. What happened to the whole idea that, that, that we should have a free market and free economy? No, the conservatives only want a free market or free economy when they feel like it, when they don't feel like it, that that's when they, Oh, we should have, be able to sell energy on a free market on our grid in Texas. Let's do that. Oh, but the price just went up to, and government shouldn't, the federal government shouldn't interfere with our power grid because we don't want federal government interfering in Texas's power grid because Texas can do power better than the federal government can do. Ice storm comes, energy prices go up to the roof. We need Joe Biden to come help us here because we need the federal government to take action because this is ridiculous. You know, live, they don't, they don't, they say live by the sword, die by the sword. They never want to die by the sword. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and that's the I'm, thing. Is that I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say that you, you – I can't say that people should want to die by the sword, but then don't live by the sword either. And, and that's, I think that's, Jean-Paul Sartre said it very well. Uh, freedom is what you do with what was done to you. So if, if you're coming from a place that – like all these red states where they've, they've – they've been decimated by poverty and terrible conservative policy and stuff. Instead of turning that against other people trying to get their rights or other people trying to get voting, instead of doing that, they should be recognizing what was done to them and helping make sure it doesn't happen to others. And that's a huge problem I get with like the last thing the guy just said. It was just like, wow, dude. (laughs) Wow. But, but yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to the, sure. I, I don't know, it's just, it's just, I, I just can't seem to, to, to understand how people can, can, can justify the position that they justify when, when they can't then follow it up. Look, if, if you were going to be like, look, if a conservative were to say, I think of, I would disagree with that with a conservative who would say that a business should be free to allow masking or not because we're in a pandemic and it's dangerous, but I would at least have a little bit of respect for a conservative that would say a business should be free to decide whether or not these, you want a mask or not. And then if a and then if that conservative walked up to that business that was requiring a mask and said, Oh, they're requiring a mask. Either I'm going to put on a mask if I want to do business with that establishment, or I'm going to leave and I'm not going to cause this business any problem. But again, conservatives are hypocrites. Instead they burn their Nike. Because it's it's cancel culture. Because conservatives are the founders of cancel culture. I mean, oh yeah, con- conservative. Well, let's America is founded on cancel culture. We canceled their tea right into the goddamn bay <laughs> in the Haba. I'm sorry, it's the Haba. Yeah, it, it's Boston Haba, and it's about three bucks, da- uh, three blocks down from Porter Square, and I uh, can hook you up with a pl- great place to get some chowder. Uh, actually, <laughs> it's, it's about forty five minutes from Porter Square. Can I park my car? 
No, dude, it's Boston. You can't even drive in the streets. You got to get a garage. Can you get one of those boats? What are those boats called? The duck tours. The duck the, tours, yeah. The amphibious duck tours. Yeah, you get a duck, yeah. the duck tour. Go on the duck tour. The, you come up to, to Massachusetts. Tour. We'll duck go on the tour. duck tour. Exactly. Me, you, Yosh, we'll, we'll sing. We'll sing duck tales and throw some <laughs> bread at some ducks and, yeah, and, and, no, like, and make like, Yosh breathe hard. You, you had, whatchamacallit, um, what, what's the name of that women group, the country group? Oh, oh. Dixie Chicks? Dixie Chicks, yes, the Dixie Chicks. They talk about dare speak out against Bush? Against Bush. And what did conservatives do? They tried to cancel the Dixie Chicks because they didn't yeah. like the fact that they spoke out against, you know, you know. What, what did this restaurant do? They, they did, did something. They tried to cancel this restaurant. Conservatives are trying <laughs> to cancel things all the damn time. They, they tried to cancel Can the entire NFL. Can we say something NFL. about uh, getting rid of public funding for schools, then dangling scholarship money in front of either military service or entertainment like sports, and then complaining when these people that you're basically saying, give your bodies, give your lives to entertain us, um, dare speak their minds and do something patriotic like point out the problems in the country and the inherent issues and say, we need to burn Nike because they support Colin Kaepernick because he kneeled. Like, that, how, how, is that, how is that not hypocrisy? I mean, it's hypocrisy, but it's like, it's to hold different uh, and, and, and like then they yelled when they kneeled, and then, and then when kneeling didn't work, they, um, they took to the streets. And, yeah. you know, there's the whole thing. Like I like to quote. There's a, a boondocks thing where it's like, has has how has not riding worked for you? Has, has yeah. not riding uh, got God you the results you. <laughs> Well, that was no. That was that yeah. was the pimp named Flickback. Uh, that that was. That oh was yeah, you're right. Name. That was that was flip yeah. name. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh dear, I got that wrong. But I I I love Huey in general. He's great. Yeah, Huey, um, is, Huey is great. Um. Anyway. But yeah. let's, let's, I was looking up some things as we were also chatting. I was like, uh, blah, 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 blah. According to this USA Today article, the rating about whether or not the signature verifications was, was in Nevada, those claims were false because the person who made the claims was not the current Attorney General Aaron Ford of Nevada, but was a former uh, Republican and co-chairman of the Nevada Trump campaign who was making the statements. Uh, that the changing to the signature verifications were manually were, were done. They were not done. Uh, that was what that article stated. Um, I, the Georgia, like, I, I don't, I think, I think hey, the official number that I want to say was, bit, huh? If you want an interesting fun tidbit, uh, look up why being able to sign your name was originally ever proposed as a, as a way to legitimize, leg, uh, legitimize voting. <laughs> I bet you can't guess the reason. Uh, racism. <laughs> no, no, that's a bad word. That's wait, yeah, because it's... because former slaves didn't have the ability to write. That's my guess, and as such, wouldn't be Just... able to sign their names, and as such, wouldn't be able to prove who they were, so they wouldn't be able to vote. And it's not that people of any color are invalid at any way or invalids in any form at all. It's so much as dumbass people in power that look like my pasty white ass complexion assume they are. The NRA was all about like gun control until the Black Panthers had guns. And then they're like, oh shit, we need to start not, you know, it was just, 
Well, no, the NRA, it, NRA the was supported the, the right to own guns, except for the Black Panthers in California. Once black exactly. people had guns, so, no. well, then again, the NRA isn't really about gun rights. The NRA is about gun sales. No, it hasn't that's, been that's, since like the 1930s or so when they got co-opted by two or three of their founders who basically usurped the organization and turned it into the basically corporate machine it is now. It used to be about responsible gun ownership back in like the 1800s, but that was it. <laughs> Well, they're bankrupt now, right? I mean, aren't they fighting bankruptcy or they're yeah. dealing with bankruptcy? <laughs> Thank God, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, so they're, they're bankrupt. The, the, gone, but not quite gone yet. In Georgia, according to Trump, at least, the consent decree signed by Georgia Secretary of State with approval of Brian Kemp, the urging of Stacey Abrams makes it impossible to check her match signatures and about the envelopes. The facts, there is nothing in the consent decree that prevents Georgia election courts from scrutinizing signatures. The legal settlement signed in March addresses accusations about a lack of statewide standards for judging signatures. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, uh, a Republican, said that not only is it entirely possible to match signatures, but that the state requires the matching of signatures. So there is a statewide requirement in Georgia to check signatures, regardless of the fact that there could be racist past of it. So the idea that Georgia did that was false. I, I don't have the particular number of like, I think there was a claim that four dead people voted in Georgia, but it turns out it was only one. Um, and the vote was cast, I believe, like, before they had passed or something like that, or it was like it was mailed. It was some weird thing, like, where it was not even a always, deliberately fraud thing, wasn't it? There's, there's, there's always a possibility where somebody could mail in a ballot, die, and so the, the, they might die before the election, but the ballot was cast before they died. So yeah, there was one like that, that, and then I think there might have been one case where there actually was like the person found like the ballot, and it was like their moms or their dads, or I forget who it was, but like it was an was actual voter fraud. And the, yeah, and they're like, I, okay, I well, I think they would have voted this who, way. Whose dead mother voted yeah. for Trump? Because so, so the, yeah, so but again, and it, surprise, it, surprise, that was a vote for the you know for the conservative. So right, but I mean, yeah. like, and if we're going to talk about election attention integrity you know and we're going to talk about all these issues we're, we need to you know there's, there's also everything that's done by DeJoy by you know in Georgia the, the mail has to get to the to the precinct or whatever or wherever it needs to go wherever it's mailed in Georgia it has to get there by election day if it doesn't get there by election day it's not counted unless it's an overseas military ballot yeah. Um, if we now, can fix everything else about the elections and the voter and all that stuff, then we can talk about voter ID. But it's like right now, voter ID laws are all about oppression, and that's it. And, and that's the problem. It's but 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 the, it's but never the thing a is, is, that, is that it's it's not even and it, you, you, even if you solve the voter ID thing, you still oh, have exactly. all these other problems. So if you so that's if you, you allow a vote by mail, if you allow a vote by mail. And then and, and, and in a particular state, it says, oh, well, you know, voter by mail, we're, we're, we're going to – you have to be there by election day. So you had a case in Pennsylvania where there was – that was up in the air as to whether or not you would be able to count votes that were cast by election day but not received by election day. Um, so Pennsylvania smartly segregated that collection of votes uh, and said, okay, we're not going to count these yet. We're going we're gonna to wait on these for later till maybe there's a ruling on them or until we're done counting everything else. Um, but in those state, in Pennsylvania and in Georgia, specifically, the, the mail success rates dropped significantly. Why? Because DeJoy purposely did so because he wanted to make sure that 
these ballots that were legitimately and legally cast were not counted. So if, if and that's and, the and kind it, of passive fraud. It's absolutely election fraud. It's absolutely election fraud. And I think it's election fraud that, that is easily provable. And it should have been one of the things on the second article of impeachment that was done. Uh, but, you know, Democrats lack the spine that they need to have sometimes. Um, yeah, unfortunately. That being, that being said, you know, that, that's ultimately the biggest problem. And we're going to bring back uh, our caller from Minnesota again one more time before we end the show just to give him a fair shot. Because fairness, nothing, yep. And I do agree, screw anybody who hides behind racism and deflects with that as a point, but also pointing out racism and being able to back it isn't a problem. Right. But but to me, if if, if, if you're only going to be mad at what you think is a problem that is caused by a lack of voting ID in this country, and then are not going to be mad at other clear examples of election manipulation done by the people in power, be it ridiculous levels of of, of voter disenfranchisement done by gerrymandering, by delaying ballots, as was seen in this past election, by by taking people off the rolls who shouldn't have been removed from the rolls, by, by, if you look, again, go to my GOP coup video series on this, we go into those numbers and how many tens of thousands of people were removed from the list who were able to get back. Some of them were able to get back on, no problem. Some of them were held up because they didn't meet whatever scrutiny the Kemp came up with. Well, of course, Kemp came up with it because he was the person running for the office, so he didn't want specific people to casting these ballots. So, so if you're preventing tens of thousands of people from casting ballots, if you are preventing ballots from being received on time by manipulating the post office, if you're doing all of these, these are things that I think are having a much greater impact on elections than the lack of a voter ID. And I will, again, state that if we did what we agreed on, the a free ID provided by the state aided by social workers or whatever who can help the people get the necessary documents available to go ahead and get that idea. Because if we were able to do that, you know, that's fine. But there's all those other things that happen too. And my priorities when it comes to that, and that's why I don't talk about, you know, the fact that I'm okay with acquiring an ID in that situation, because I don't think it fixes much of anything that's out there. I think there are many for there of the voter fraud and election fraud that takes place out there done by individuals, most of it wouldn't be prevented by having a voter ID. They would, most, most of it would, would still happen if you required somebody to show an ID to say that the ID is real. I mean, if I create a fake ID that I'm somebody else and I show that ID at the polls and it's convincing enough, well, then I've just committed voter fraud with a voter ID. So, you know, if people who want to election fraud or voter fraud can just hook up with some good fake ID guys. And I'm sure the people I went and early voted on Saturday in, in the uh, congressional oh. elections that took, are taking place here. Because Richmond, who was the congressman from Louisiana's second congressional district, uh, is now working for the Biden administration. And as such, we need a new uh, 
person for the district, so I went ahead and cast an early ballot. And as a I'm conservative, pretty... <laughs> as, as a conservative, I would like to say that I believe in small government and less laws, except we need more laws to restrict things. And uh, we also need to believe in states' rights. Absolutely, the state needs the right to do what they want, unless it doesn't go my way, and then in which case, let's invalidate Pennsylvania. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, so let's let's go ahead. We sure. have we're about twenty minutes left of hitting three a three hour show. A three hour show. A three hour oh, show. Oh, you jerk! That's stuck in my head now. There's two things that I've had stuck in my head. Uh, there's uh, I play Fortnite with my kids, and there's a brand new like jingle for a, a fake restaurant. I, I literally have a jingle for a fake restaurant in my head now. And it's, and it's a country song, and I'm not a country music listener, but I have a jingle to a, a country jingle to a fake pancake restaurant in my head. And, it's, and the problem is it's really not a bad song. It's actually pretty catchy. Um, I also have my um, Firefly Sea Shanty in my head constantly. So, All right. I yeah. do have something you've never heard of stuck in my head, but you might have heard a part of it. It's Tenacious D Classico, except it's mm-hmm. only a little piece of Tenacious D Classico, but it's only a little piece because the rest of it doesn't exist yet because it's, can't you see he's a man and his name is Liberal Dan? <laughs> and I haven't finished the rest, but it's coming. See, so. I guess here's a, a, a news flash for, I guess, my next anticipated parody which I need to start get working on it soon if I want to do it, is a quarantine song based off of one week. So, it's been oh. one year since we did it. Like, and that's, oh, that's the yeah. current thing that's kicking around in my head. And, 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 and what, I, what, what has to here, – here's the problem with, with, with this, is that there is a lyric that has to be put in there, but I – because the parody demands it, but it has to be put in there in such a way so that I don't come off looking like an asshole. <laughs> oh, because, that, that's tough. Cause pose law. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the original line in the song is chicken from China, the Chinese chicken. Yeah. So, you know where I, I want to go with it, but I don't want to Racists say be thinking virus, that it's the Chinese virus from China, the Chinese virus is the racist. Like I have to be like, China, virus from China, the Chinese yeah. virus is what a racist says when blah 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 blah. So I have to find a rhyme with that to to, to so that or yeah, you know, Trump's Chinese virus, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, no, that that you that. You work it in. I have to work it in somewhere so that I can include it and have it be quote clever but not have people be like, oh, my God, liberal dance are racist. I, of course, our, our, our nice caller would say, don't worry about it. If, if you offend somebody, offend somebody. We worry too much about offending people. But I don't want to make a, a racist comment. I, I can make think it of a... a horrible thing that might offend the caller, but I'm not going to say it because I'm not a racist douchebag, and that's just <laughs> called courtesy. It's not about not offending people. It's about wanting to be better and be good and right. strive to not be a I can't say the word. Uh, but, there's the whole, but, but there's the whole thing that, like, I've told the story on the minicast about my racist about my racist phone. 
my former yeah. my oh, former yeah. phone that was racist. And you know, because when I tell a, st- a particular story, I quote the racist, and I quote the racist using the words that the racist use without censoring myself. So as such, there are people who will say, "Man, you shouldn't say that word." I'm like, but you no, know, if if you're quoting Contact. a racist. If you're quoting a racist, I think it's fine. And most people that I've spoken to, usually it's like an overly woke white girl that's like, you shouldn't say that. And I'm like, you know what? You know, I'm going to listen to more other people and not, you know, somebody who just passed their wokeness 101 class from college. But I do consider that the fact that some people might hear the story and be like, (laughs) and, and be shocked. And I'm like, well, that's the point is that you should be shocked that somebody in, the year of 2006 at this point would just casually drop the N-bomb to random strangers who were asking them to, you know, to vote for somebody. But anyway, I got 15 yeah. minutes and left. If something bothers somebody, the... it's so easy just to, like, respect that and not use a word. Like, if somebody right, says, exactly. don't use high-functioning autism because it's damaging. Don't use high-functioning autism. Just use autism. That's something I'm learning. I thought right. it was a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's not that hard to be considerate. <laughs> But or I keep distracting usage. you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, pronoun usage. Pronoun usage is something that people like don't get somebody, don't misgender somebody, use their proper pronouns. And one of the best things I've, there's two, the two good arguments about why it should be easy to be able to use somebody's either proper pronouns or not dead naming them uh, is a, if you play Pokemon, when you evolve your Pokemon, you have no problems renaming your Pokemon, calling the Pokemon, the new Pokemon that they are after they're, after they've evolved. So there's that. But also, if, you know, in our culture, we typically have a spouse will take the name of their spouse, like the last name of their spouse. So they become, you know, know, my wife became Mrs. Zimmerman instead of keeping her maiden name Um, or hyphenating. The word y'all. Hannah Gadsby, the comedian, she pointed out the word y'all. It's the most non-gender something, gender exclusive, second person, blah, blah, blah. Thanks to the South, what an ally. Yeah, I, I, I determined that y'all was a great word while doing ride sharing. I mean, that, that's how I became, that's how I realized how great the word y'all is. But, like, if you can call somebody yeah. who got married immediately by their new name, then you should be able to call somebody who had their name changed legally by their new name, too, and not dead name them. Anyway, 14 minutes yeah. left to the hard break. And I do want to be about there, that. and, and that's fine. <laughs> We're going to mute, mute the knocks one more time and then come back to our very patient and i appreciate your patience for coming back and 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 um i guess i'm just gonna say is there any point that you would like to address before we end the show for this evening no i just want to say first of all thank you for even having me on i know obviously you and i have different views and i appreciate the fact that you're willing to talk to someone who disagree with it or you know willing to have like a peaceful discussion i think that's pretty awesome and same thing i know we got off to kind of a rocky start but i think i think like it seems that there's a lot of things we actually do agree on. You know, we may have different, you know, very certain details, but I think in general, we kind of want the same thing. And this is, and, it, and if you look at like, you know, broader, from a big picture standpoint, I've always said this, like if the Democrats ever figured out that if you could put the economic agenda without the social agenda that they're trying to push, like the whole gender fluidity and all that, you know, insanity that they're going with, if they ever figured out if they could just maintain some semblance of like a traditional value system with the economic policies, they could win in a landslide. And I feel like that's kind of what Trump tapped into. 
which is why he was able to resonate the way he did, especially in middle America with a lot of, you know, working class Democrats is that even though he didn't get all the way there, he was headed in that direction, which is no more foreign interventionist wars, you know, engaging in more protectionist trade policies to help American labor to embrace certain, you know, what we consider progressive economic, you know, views while at the same time still accepting and, and, and still being welcoming to more of our traditional values and not shunning it as some type of backwards, you know, bigoted, evil thing like the left seems to do now. He ran on economic populism, but then he didn't really follow through because like when, when, right, right. I agree. when, the, when the steel thing, you know, he, he, he was like, we're going to get steel back. And the steel and the and the and the people working in the in the union guys working for steel were like, yeah, we need steel back. Trump's our guy. And the steel manufacturers were like, yeah, we need steel back. Trump's our guy. And then steel came back. And then and the and the laborers were like, well, where's our money that we were going to get because steel came back? Oh no, we're not going to do that. And then they had to pretty much strike in order to in order to try and force to get their fair share. So I think that's when some people realized. Maybe he wasn't really being upfront with with his economic. Well, no, I, that's not a complete picture of it because there was a lot of new steel companies that opened up. I mean, I, I you know I work in the trucking business, so I do a lot of shipping and steel and stuff. So I know firsthand that a lot of trucking company, like uh, steel companies and factories that were once closed, all a lot of them opened up, especially in like you know the central and southern part of America. So a lot more jobs were available. Now, I, you know, it's up to the, you know, the actual workers to negotiate whatever wage and if they want to strike and unionize that's all great but the fact of the matter is more jobs became available that weren't there before directly due to that and the other issue that came to trump we got to remember when he came in he didn't understand the concept that personnel equals policy that was his biggest issue and he had a an administration that was split with the the you know the the neocon sort of uh warmongering faction of the republicans and sort of like his economic nationalists and unfortunately over time the, the neocons won out, and they kind of swayed him to their side. So I agree. Well, I mean, he he ran on one thing and he kind of shifted away, but because he didn't understand the concept that if you don't have if everyone in your administration is not aligned ideologically with you, and on the same point when it comes to policy, it, it'll never work out. You know the old saying, "A house divided will not stand." That was, that was Trump's issue. But I still so that think was one of his issues. But, but, he, but Trump also kind of ran on a we should bomb them and take their oil too. Like, I mean, he didn't necessarily run Well, that was a on... reference to ISIS, because ISIS took over, you know, major portions of oil fields in Iraq that they basically, you know, seized control of. So on that standpoint, it was clear, but when it came to other wars as far as intervening in Syria and other places, he was he didn't want to. You got pressured by Democrats, of all people, that were actually pressuring him to do it, when he clearly didn't want to. And well, even didn't want to, but there's, there's... In Afghanistan and Iraq, I remember... He wanted to pull it out, and then he was getting threatened by essentially almost every person in D.C. on both sides of the aisle, but, you know, not to do it. So his 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 instincts were something that I think a lot of people liked. It's just that in that D.C. bubble, there are certain forces in there that that want something else, like you know the old. I mean, nobody likes conflict. pulling out, right? Yeah, that's a that's a good joke. But you get you know what I'm saying. There's 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 a lot of interest in DC that do not want us to get out of Afghanistan or Iraq or Syria or anywhere. That well, part of the that problem whole... with Syria was that was that pulling out. There's a thing to deal with. Where are you ceding too much ground to Russia? At, at what at what point do you do you do you are you giving up? 
Well, what, how come? How much of a threat is Russia to America? I mean, not all. I mean, I, I'm less concerned with Russia. Of... I'd be more concerned with China. Like China's actually a, th- a real threat on a lot of levels, not just militarily, but economically. Clearly, and they economically, clear China's the bigger is, threat. It's, 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 it's economically, China. America. I think doesn't Russia have still have the bigger nuclear arsenal, even though their 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 navy is. Like no, China's, as far China's as like... pretty high up there, but they also have a massive military. They have they in the last five years, China's invested a lot into the military weapons, and so their 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 military arsenal actually is pretty close to rivaling that of America. So they they've no. came a long way. So they they are by far the biggest threat because they also have the funds. They have much more money and access to much more money than the Russians. The Russians are basically broke. I mean, they got their economy is nothing. The Chinese economy is, I mean, the government controls basically all industry or basically has access to almost all the capital in the country. And they're making, they have a ton of money to use, which is why they engage in so much stuff around the world. But that's aside the point. But I just, I'm talking about in America-wise, like, I just feel like if liberals ever figured out that if they could drop, take, for example, the whole transgender issue. Okay. You realize that that is a big issue that, like, causes people to say, well, I would agree with you on certain economic policies and so forth, but that that's a bridge too far for me. You guys have like I don't have ever liberal ever I, consider I under, that. I understand that such people exist, um, but it's, it's a large portion of the population. That... It's not a tiny group. It's it's a large portion. It's no, not reported by the media, and the internet's not going to point it out. But the like in middle America, that's almost everybody. My, my point like, would be that in order to deal with – the best way to deal with those people is not to then say, well, there's more of these folks than trans folks, so let's just drop the trans issue. Oh, no, no. Because... I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking – I'm talking about the way the left wants to impose a set of views onto society and force everyone to adhere to that because that is, that is a specific view. If, if you think like that – Like what? Like the bathroom issue or what? Stuff, no, I'm talking about the, uh, the concept that there's such thing as – Gender being fluid, or that a man can actually become a woman, and like, because before it was a tolerance issue. It was it was simply saying there are people that have certain you know issues, or if they believe that they're a man being a woman or whatnot. But we wanted to be a kind, you know, an accept you know, an accepting people and treat them in a nice way. We don't want to bully them, don't want to ostracize them, want to make them feel welcome, and so we all kind of go along with it to make them feel better. But then that slowly morphed into, oh no 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 no. There, men and women is not real, and if you don't if you don't accept that in reality, there's actually a man, there's actually a woman, and all this. Now you're going to attack you as a transphobe. It's like whoa. But, but, I thought this but here's, was about tolerance and accepting and, people. And, 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 then it quickly turned into controlling what people think, and well, using this almost like in a totalitarian way, which is like, what the heck is going on, man? And the left here's, does here's, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say on that issue, and 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 I do need to close it up. So I think. I do want to okay. urge you. I think next week I am going to make the show on HR one. So if you want to call back for that one, and we can have the discussion on HR one, I'll be more prepared to discuss the portions of it, and and we can we can discuss what it's going to do and what it doesn't do. Um, so I, yep, I, I, I do want to thank you for calling in. I'll stay stay for this last point though, at least, um, which is that I would urge you to go. There's there's several. Uh, I guess he hung up. Um, I think. There are several um, things to, to, that you can look at. The Scientific American has several really good articles on this. Um, if you look for like Scientific American, uh, gender binary, uh, Scientific American, two sexes if, or two genders, or if you 
those of your search, if those are your search terms, I would urge you to find those articles on the Scientific American uh, because they show that the, the, the science that deals with why our views on gender and sex are antiquated. And we can't just say, well, a large portion of this country disagrees with the science, so therefore we shouldn't accept it. We, we really need to say, okay, this is the science and this is how things work and, and things don't work as we thought they did. And we're going to try and move people's hearts and minds. So, so, so I think it's better to outreach those people and say, look, I understand that you're having a difficult time understanding what's going on with science here and why uh, these things are contradicting your personal views as you were raised. Um, but here's the data. Here's, here's the information. Here, here's an understanding of the data. If you don't want to read all the charts or whatever that are, that the scientific American might, might allow you to have, but just, you need to take that time to, to, to reach out to them that way. I don't think we, you don't have to, force it down their throat. The conservatives love to say force down the throats. I don't know. Maybe that's a fetish or something. I don't know. But uh, oh, I wanted to play this real quick. Oh, do we have time? Yeah, we do have time. Anyway, so that's it. Go read those two articles. Before, maybe I see uh, I don't know if I can have knocks on. Like we got th- three minutes left. I did last week want to play the Coastal Restoration ad that I played for my, la- for my 2004 campaign. So let's play that real quick. My name is Daniel Zimmerman and I approve this message. Coastal restoration is vital to all citizens of Louisiana and I am the only candidate in my district to commit to making this my top priority in Congress. Issues like terrorism, education, the economy, and healthcare are important and require long-term and common-sense solutions. Those issues are guaranteed to be on the table. Coastal restoration is not. We need a congressman who will explain the long-term effects if action is not taken soon. I will not be bound by partisan politics and will be the candidate who is most likely to build strong bridges across the aisle to get the bipartisan support needed on this issue. Candidates that run too far to the right or left will have a hard time building bridges. My commitment to this issue and to the citizens of the 1st District earned me the endorsement of the Jefferson Alliance. I hope it will earn me yours as well. To learn more about my campaign and why it is also vital to get the word out about candidates who only think in the short term, please go to my website at votefordan.net. That is V-O-T-E-F-O-R-D-A-N dot N-E-T. Paid for by the Daniel Zimmerman Campaign Committee. And there's my other good little commercial that I played. A little bit less cheesy than the other one. Do you want to bring Knox on for a quick one more second? How do, I, how do people find your podcast in 30 seconds or less? Uh, the World According to Knox on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple. Um, also, I've got a Patreon now, uh, Patreon X Demonox. Patreon X Perfect. So thank, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you, you uh, joining us for the entirety of the show and partially forming Voltron at least. Uh, maybe uh, Don maybe could just couldn't form the lung part of, of Voltron. So. <laughs> he got no lungs. Uh, anyway, so thank you again for uh, appreciate your your help and contributions with dealing with with our friend from the Great White North. Uh, anyway, so I put you on. Uh, let's see, I'll meet you really quick. And this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Tune in next week. We will be discussing HR one. We already know the topic next week. Yay! So uh, call in, and we're going to be talking hopefully with our friend from the Great White North, as well as uh, maybe other issues of the day your other bits we normally do as well 
uh, liberalband.com to find all the places I am online. If you want to support the show, the best way to do it, if you can't afford to pay any money, is to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel and to follow me on all the different places on social media. If you can't support the show, you can do it one time by going to liberalband.com and clicking buy me a spider. Or you can go to patreon.com at liberalband or patreon.liberalband.com and that'll get you there and you can support the show and or buy advertising. So next Wednesday, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Band Radio. Off to the left.